Welcome to the Fire Breathing Kittens, a 5th edition Dungeons and Dragons podcast. Don't worry about if you picked up this episode first, because it's standalone. You can listen to this podcast in any order you want. Today, we are joined by Sinclair. Hello there, I'm Sinclair. I'm a half-elf warlock who recently has found themselves to be in a bit of a bind regarding their uh, soul and obligations. Uh, everything's fine and normal. My hair is currently looking just perfectly normal and fine. Black and an undercut. Don't look too closely at it, please. I have a normal build, average height at about 5'8", and my left eye is hazel while my right eye is blue. Uh, Jade. Hello. I am Jade. I was asked to do a character voice because you guys love suffering. (laughs) And to tell when I am in character or not. So this is breaking the force wall a little bit, isn't it? I am a paladin. Level two. I have red skin. Specky horns on my forehead. And eyes with no white. Just black. And I'm 52. And of course, Claudio. Hello, welcome. I am Claudio. I am a tabaxi ranger. I'm standing at about six feet, five inches. I've got beautiful green eyes. I have orange and brown fur. And, um, well, you see my bow and arrow kind of hugging on my back. Awesome. Now that we have everybody together... How are we doing a normal day at the Guild Hall? Anything out of the ordinary? Or are we relaxing in the open bar space that we call home? Well, Sinclair is uh, spending a little more time on their morning routine than they uh, are used to. Um, No reason in particular. They just want to make sure that everything looks fine and dandy. No blemishes on their skin or strange colors in their hair. Nobody wants that. Uh, when they do finally come down, they're wearing their usual attire of, you know, a, a nice suit and vest. And ordering, uh, some tea at the bar. Just to keep a level head. Awesome. Uh, Claudio, what are you up to? Uh, well, I am just looking for my friends at the FBK Hall. Um, just strolling around, looking for anything interesting happening. Nothing, nothing unusual about my day so far. Alrighty, so as uh, you enter, you know, uh, you see there's a couple notices on the board, but nothing too out of the ordinary. Uh, Jade, where do we find her? Jade is walking into the bar, and she sees Sinclair, and she sees that he is touching up his makeup. And, why am I doing character voice for this? Uh, And (laughs) she... (sighs) I'll learn how to do this one day. (laughs) She notices nothing amiss, right? Can I, or should I do a perception check? Do I notice anything weird about Sinclair? Well, uh, now that Sinclair's grown a little stronger as a warlock and they have access to some invocations, they have taken Disguise Self as an invocation that they can permanently have on, more or less. It's a one-hour spell that lets me alter my appearance unless somebody wants to try and peer past the illusion. They can make a roll against my spell save DC... Uh, I think it just casually walking into the bar with no reason to be suspicious, it would hold up under scrutiny, like, at a casual glance. Yeah, um, I don't see all the markings. I don't go like, ah! <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yes, no, I, I don't look like something out of a, a body horror film just yet. 
No Cronenbergs here. No, everything's fine. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you also <laughs> spot Claudio as well. Um, and you'll sort of all, like, make eye contact as everybody's more or less arriving at the same time. And the hall seems to have suddenly filled with people. And is there anyone else here? Uh, I mean, of course the barkeep is here. You hear some shuffling around upstairs. So people are in the building, but currently the bar is more or less empty. It's uh, just before dinner time. So, you know, people are either not home yet or have gone out to, you know, start doing nighttime activities. Uh, but as always, there is the bounty board. Oh, I'll, oh, Claudio will go ahead and look at the bounty board. Cool. As you approach the bounty board, you see there's still a dragon hunt poster up. Um, that one is just far and away much too difficult. But you see that a, there's sort of a uh, gilded, uh, it looks like an invitation almost, but it is a request for performers. There is a uh, gala this evening at the uh, Nicomoy Museum. They're opening up an orrery, which is sort of like a, like a model of, like, astrological bodies. Okay, so I'll go ahead and snatch it. And, uh, Ferenz, have you seen this? And I kind of just yell across the hall at, you know, whoever, uh, you know, is kind of listening. Uh, it looks like uh, they're looking for performers at uh, the museum. What kind of performers? Uh, magic, instrumental, dancing? Does it specify? Uh, no. Uh, it does have, like, a, uh, free season tickets to the museum, as well as, like, a free night's meal. You kind of get the feeling, like, a lot of these were passed out with, like, you know, no real specific thing required. Uh, it doesn't really say, but, uh, well, I mean, I love, you know, showing what I can hit with my bow and arrow and, you know, making a little flare out of everything. Plus, it's a free museum entrance. I've been—I've only been there once before, and uh, I didn't get to see too much of it. It certainly sounds like it could be a fun night, and if the food's decent, a prosperous one. Cool. So, um, Jade, how are you feeling about it? Let's go. I would love to have seven tickets. I can give them to my daughter or my sons. They will both hate them. They hate everything. <laughs> oh, kids. <laughs> cool. So, uh, you guys head off. Claudio, you said you've been there before, so if you'd like to lead the way, feel free. Uh, ah, and I think I remember it's this way. <laughs> uh, perfect. You guys have a moment to chat amongst yourselves, if you have anything to say, any preparations, if you want to get, like, an act together, perhaps, or, um, something to that effect. Okay, so, I'm sure you guys are members of the guild, but I haven't met you guys yet. Uh, well, what do you guys do? Um, I... I explained the, kind of what I do now, but uh, what about you? I have a new sword. I can eat things. You can throw things at me like tomatoes and I can chop them in half. Oh, I like it. I like it. Tomatoes chopped in half, tomatoes shot at. Okay, and and you, mister? Oh, well, uh, I'm, I'm quite good at sneaking and tumbling and uh, regaling people with stories. Uh, if we're doing a bit more of a physical thing, I suppose you could throw stuff at me and I could make a point to dodge out of the way or 
if you're trying to shoot things, uh, give me some cards or small targets, and I'll throw them in the air with the dramatic flare. Just, you know, don't okay. shoot Malachi. <laughs> okay, you sound like the director. Yeah, exactly, your hype man. Okay, good, good, good. I like how we are all preparing for failure. If they start to throw tomatoes at us, we have a plan. <laughs> you dodge. I cut. Oh, I can run away real quick. <laughs> Excellent. Huh? Succeed or fail, we are set. Let's go. <laughs> cool, so you guys, you know... Uh, Discuss it, get some good, like, moves down as you take the, you know, maybe 15, 20-minute walk uptown to the museum. Um, And as you arrive, you know, the sun is just almost completely set. There's still a touch of daylight, the orange sky above you. Um, You see that, indeed, the museum is ready for a proper gala. There's large, like, uh, spotlights filled with, like, sunstones, like, projecting up into, like the sky uh there's people like uh artificers tinkering with like different magical effects of you know dinosaurs and ancient wizards like coming to life for a moment illusionarily on the grounds before the uh, uh museum uh, and you also see not so much a single file line but you know the standard museum steps going up to a raised you know rectangular uh building um the stairs are kind of filled with different clusters of performers. Some are in costume, some are not. Um, and uh, you're definitely in, like, the right place. There's other people who have probably got these flyers. Okay. Um, does it look like there's, like, a, a line to get in? To, or, or are people just performing out out in the, this area? Uh, you see there's not a line. You think this is people, like, practicing and things like that. You probably want to go into the museum proper. Okay, I'll kind of just, you know, keep on marching up ahead. I, I feel confident in us, you know, at 15-minute talk, we've got this, you know, we're, we're going to do great. Uh, awesome. You enter into the museum. Uh, you see that there are, like, display cases of uh, various, like, artifacts or, like, pieces of art. Um, you see a large, like, map in the front to, like, direct you around the museum and the uh, different attractions you see a small table, like, sort of set up in the hall with a, a clipboard holding uh, Elf, like, checking people in. Uh, you see there's no, like, formal performance area. People are just kind of doing their acts in front of the table. Eh, uh, do, we, do we approach this person? In my experience, if they have a clipboard, they're important, or at the very least, know someone important. Okay, you go ahead and approach them. I'll be right behind you. Uh, Hello there. Uh, my name is Sinclair. I'm a representative from the Fire Breathing Kittens, and these are my associates. Uh, we're here because we received an invitation to perform. Oh, uh, Fire Breathing Kittens. Uh, awesome. Uh, you see they, uh, it's, it's just like a young elf man, like sort of, not like noble's clothes, but like business casual fantasy equivalent. Um, scribbles like a quick note on the note board. He goes, uh, all right, uh, just names real quick, and then uh, go ahead and do your act. Well, I'm Sinclair, as I said before. Mm-hmm. I am Jade Rowland. And I am Claudio. Awesome. Thank you so much. Uh, yeah, go ahead and perform. Jade takes out her sword. It's very shiny because it's brand spanking new. She lifts her sword into the air, 
And then she takes, oh gosh, what of my things do I want to destroy? <laughs> I take my horn up into the air. I, th- I, I throw my horn of the city guard of Nikimoy up into the air. And you all think I'm going to chop it. I catch it on the tip of my sword and the horn spins around on the tip of the sword. And I like say, finish work with the sword. And then I, I flip the sword and catch the horn on my belt buckle. Okay, cool. So just give me a roll to hit, okay. and then a performance on top of that, which, if you hit, will either give you advantage or disadvantage. The first attack I ever did with a longsword was on my own horn. It says, attack bonus equals plus strength plus proficiency. So that's a 19 to hit. That's a hit. Okay. Uh as you say it, it is done. You catch the horn on the tip of your sword, <laughs> impressively, like, doing a little spin. Um, so go ahead and take your uh, performance at advantage. Well done, Jade. <laughs> That's a nine. With advantage. Uh, so, like, the person behind the counter is, you know, like, fairly impressed. Um, it's like, well, I mean, yeah. Um, if you got some more tricks like that... Uh, Feel free, I'll, we'll put you on the roster. My teammates, they have so many tricks. I definitely blush because I'm a little embarrassed that it didn't go over as well as I wanted. And I, like, step out of the way. <laughs> uh, please, uh, Mr. Claudio. Yes, okay. Give me one moment. So I turn to Sinclair, and I hand him three little bells that have, like, little ropes attached to the end. On the count of three, I want you to throw these up in the air, okay? All at the same time. Got it? Just like we practiced. Yes, exactly. Just like we practiced. Yes, I... Yes, of course. We practiced in our heads. It should be good. Oh, right, of course. The the telepathic practicing. Yes. <laughs> Excellent. Okay. Okay, so I... He notches up... I notch up my arrow, right? And I have, like, two in my hand ready to, you know, quick, quick draw. So I have three total arrows in my hand ready to shoot. Three... Oh, no. Sorry. One, two, three... And I just All right, take your shots. Uh, cool. So uh, same same deal. Uh, just go ahead and throw me an attack, and then we'll we'll go from there. I'm scared. I mean, <clears throat> do I have to say this number? Because it's a one. <laughs> okay. So not only do you miss the bells, but it oh, like no. slams into a disca- a display case, like oh, nearly no. damaging an artifact and definitely setting off an alarm spell. <laughs> like there's enough workers around where like nobody thinks you were trying to steal it, but it is deeply <laughs> embarrassing. Oh, we didn't practice it like this. I'm sorry. Oh god. So just to be clear, you're going to fire arrows in the museum. <laughs> Well, that was the idea, but to hit the bells, not any of the display cases. I, I'm just, uh, you know, I've never been to a museum before, so I'm a little nervous. You know, <laughs> cats don't like museums, you know? It's like water to us, kind of. Okay, so give me a persuasion check with disadvantage, please. Okay. <laughs> Maybe he'll take pity on you for at least the idea. <laughs> disadvantage, okay. That's 18. Oh, good. Okay, 13. <sighs> okay, um... Let me watch your last friend, <laughs> and uh, we'll take it from there. It's okay. Um, can we get somebody with a mending on that? I am I am so sorry for Claudio's little uh, mishap. 
I just think that they uh, want to knock a few things over and just get it out of their system before your gala this evening. Uh, don't worry. My trick does not involve any sort of weapons being thrown or skewered through objects. Pick a card. Oh, uh, how novel. Uh, he picks a card. <laughs> All right, don't tell me what it is. Don't tell me what it is. All right. I have it in my head. You can put it back in the deck. All right. He raises an eyebrow. Now, I just want you to know, I do not know any divination magic at all, but I'm going to be able to tell you what card it was that you pulled. That would be very impressive. So, what kind of skill check would you like that to be? Give me a sleight of hand, because I assume you're doing this with, like, you know, like, sleight of hand, like, the technical definition, I guess. Yeah, yes, li literal sleight of hand. I need to put this dice on a timeout. That's an eight. Okay. Could be worse. <laughs> what, what was it? The Jack of Diamonds. No, it was not. <laughs> <laughs> can I get a performance to see if you can save this? Of course it wasn't the Jack of Diamonds. I knew that. It was really... A Fickle Die. Seven. <laughs> All right, gang. Um... <laughs> the Joker. I'm, I'm going to be honest. I really feel for you guys. I can't. I cannot let you perform in good faith. <laughs> it was a well, real mixed bag with you guys. What I can do, if you guys want to put on your fancy clothes, I can give you free tickets to the gala tonight. <laughs> it is a pay bar. But, you know. I can okay. at least get you free tickets for today. To to be fair, you can't say this wasn't entertaining to see us succeed and fail. It was it was drama all in three acts, to be honest. I mean Yeah, I absolutely think your presence at this event will be beneficial overall. <laughs> um as long as you're not actively trying to impress people. <laughs> you just seem like a delightful bunch. I appreciate that. <laughs> All right, gang. He fishes through his pockets, and you see, like, he has, like, a, basically, like, a ream of raffle tickets, and, like, takes three off, and go, like, all right, here's a plus one for you guys, just in case. Um, have, have, a, have a great night. My, I'll, I'll see you there, maybe. Next. Well, I think that went pretty well. I think our career as uh, performers might be a little short-lived. Claudio, no, no, I hate no. to be the bearer of bad news. You have to start from the bottom to get to the top, let me tell you. So, we've got our names out there at the very least, so get ready for a big comeback. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of glad I don't have to perform, let's be real. <laughs> oh, but you did the best out of all of us. I, I'm <laughs> nine. Oh, well, you yep. actually succeeded. <laughs> you, you didn't shoot one of the display cases. You didn't that was pick me. the wrong card twice. <laughs> now, what if I said I wanted to hit the display case? The, oh. the bells were what, the, what is called the misdirection. <laughs> no? Well, then this night is a success. Yeah, good. Let's check out the gala. <laughs> now, DM, what is the dress code for tonight? Gambeson and chainmail? A vest and some trousers, because that's all I've got. Oh, my entire wardrobe's a wave of the hand away. The 
dress code is like formal. It's a gala, like, you know, one should be dressed like formally at the least, if not impressively. So black tie. Yeah. Black gambeson? <laughs> <laughs> what does when does like most of the do we have time to go back and change and then come back? Yeah, like I said, it's about a twenty minute walk. We'll say the gala wasn't gonna be for another two hours. So you got at oh. least two hours to kill. So I guess an hour and 20 with travel time. Uh, t- tell me, Jay, tell me, uh, have you ever been to a very formal event? I understand you used to be a town guard. I'm not sure what sort of holiday events they might have for city employees. I have been to the Christmas party every year. At the longest night of the year, we all drink a lot of alcohol and never talk about it again. Okay, so that probably doesn't even qualify as business casual. Do you wear your gamison? Oh, yes, yes. My chainmail armor, it costs more than all of my other items put together. It is uh, out of character. It's 75 gold for chainmail armor and 30 gold for fancy clothes. So, mm, mm, eh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I will allow it. Uh there's plenty of military types that would arrive, you know, with a fancy cape on over plate mail. So, you know, a nice set of chain mail. I would see no reason. Yeah. So military to. dress uniform. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll, I'll have my jade makeover shopping trip some other time then. <laughs> Sinclair, you mentioned something about the black tie. I don't, uh... I don't have a black tie. I think that's all I'm missing for my outfit. I should be good with just this vest and some pants, like these trousers. Mm. So, mm. Oh, I'm definitely picturing Tony the Tiger, the bipedal tiger, <laughs> just like, but dressed up. What are you wearing? <laughs> You're wearing... Yeah, I'm just wearing like a vest and some, some, some pants. That's great. Yeah, some cargo... <laughs> you were just doing... Uh, I fell for the punchline. <laughs> well... Uh... Black tie doesn't necessarily mean you need a tie per se. It just means you mean you need to dress to impress, as though you were meeting the mayor of Nicomoy, for example, in a formal well, I, event. I would, I would meet him like this. I don't. Hmm. Maybe just missing a tie. A tie, perhaps, or do you have? Hmm. Do you have a tie? Oh, I, I, again, I keep my wardrobe in my head, just to oh. uh, accentuate the fact. Uh, Sinclair does a slight wave of their hands, and they go from what they're currently wearing to wearing a toga. Ooh, Ooh. nice. Toga party. <laughs> All right, so, I mean, it sounds like we more or less have these this outfit in line. I have an out-of-character question. I do possess one uniform of the Nicomoy City Guard that I, like, it's only two gold. But it's a uniform? I don't know. What, what, does it have a tie? I don't, I don't know. Can I take the tie off it and give it to Claudio? Uh, hmm. oh yeah. I mean, you could probably. Uh, hmm. I don't know. What? <laughs> we all take a moment to ponder what the Nicomoy City Guard uniform looks like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, a hundred and forty-six uh, episodes previously, and this has never come up before. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would assume. I mean, if you got chainmail from it, so maybe oh, like no, a chainmail. No, no. Chainmail is separate. This is I had to oh. save up for this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my whole allowance. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's uh, two gold, and it's it says uniform of the Nicomoy City Guard, and it, it was supposed to be my starting equipment, but it's really can't all 
afford that all the first time. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm gonna oh, wait, go with I have a, a disguise b- kit. <gasps> oh, oh, there you go. Yeah, that's way better. Put a mustache on you, oh, and then when you look bad, they'll just we- be like, "We're kicking you out," and then you know. You'll be like, okay, you'll take the mustache off and you'll come back. You'll be like, what? First time here. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. Never seen a cat person before? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'll use my disguise kit. Well, I I actually had an idea. (laughs) Now, I'm not the most familiar with various types of ties that one might wear, but um, the one that looks almost like a ribbon, like, you know, you have your normal straight ties, you have your bow ties... The ones that, uh, you know, at a southern debutante type thing that I I think our DM knows what I'm talking about. Just finding a long ribbon and tying it up all fancy-like and then... Bolo. Okay. It's called a bolo. Bolo. Be on yeah, the, the bolo. <laughs> so, yeah, um, I'm sure you could fancy a bolo tie for him as well. And then if I could just get a quick roll on the disguise check. As you're yeah, not... Sure trying to like impersonate someone you're just trying to look fancy in general um this is a very reasonable dc okay good and and bolo tie included now okay could i provide the help action yes i'll allow the bolo tie to be used for a help action (laughs) (laughs) what kind of check is this (laughs) oh yeah uh disguise kit let's do a deception deception okay or actually no i believe the way kits work is you can add your proficiency check to a uh skill roll so it's going to be even if you're not proficient in deception you would still add your proficiency bonus to this one yeah gotcha gotcha yeah uh help action what does that do advantage advantage say no more brother (laughs) all right 15 uh, yeah, he, he <clears throat> looks very well put together, um, and like totally passable for a fancy event. Um, M- meow. <laughs> uh, everybody's stunning. So, uh, if you want for the second time in the day, you can go ahead and, uh, head out to the museum again. Oh, uh, I feel so good walking to the museum. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> before we head out, I'm going to put a little white bow tie clip-on type thing on Malachi. Since he has dark feathers, the black would just, you know, blend in. He needs to look fancy as well. Great choice. He looks very dapper. With an adorable void. (laughs) I do say, it feels great having to go to the museum this time without any pressure of performing. Now we get to enjoy the event, you know. We have to pay for drinks, unfortunately, but, you know, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> it is what it is, but ah, I get to enjoy the event I wanted to perform before. Forget that. <laughs> yes, now we get to be entertained instead of being the entertainers. That's true. That's true. I paying like it. For, paying for drinks. What a strange idea. I don't think I have ever done that. <gasps> oh my gosh. I'm playing my first charismatic character. Do we not have to pay for drinks, you guys? <laughs> I mean, generally, the way it's done is... You make some sort of Christmas-based check, and then you are gifted free drinks. <laughs> Me as the player of Tanager Goodfellow, professional drunk. Uh, I think I know a thing or two about a thing or two on this one. <laughs> Sinclair, you'll have to show me how that works. I'm so excited. Let's go to this gala. <laughs> All right. Come, come on, honey. Come on. We are going to have a great night. 
Woo-hoo. I get absolutely blasted yes. for free, even though he said we couldn't. I would shout girls' <laughs> night, but we're mixed gender, but it's like, yeah, night out. <laughs> uh, cool. So you guys skip your way down to the museum. You see, like, uh, if before it was a skeleton, this is a fully fleshed out event. All of the artifice and magical displays are working there's literal like enchanted like lights floating through the air there's like very soft colors but in stark contrast to this beautifully lit pillar to the past inside you know all of the displays are like perfectly illuminated and uh there's even some like animated like illusions of the people inside of the battles like coming to life and being like, this is where 400 people died over a cow dispute. And all we have is this pot. That makes it important. (laughs) Things like that. It it looks like a very fun, like, evening. Uh, You see that there seems to be a mix of, like, three different groups of people. Uh, Very fancy people here for a fancy party. Uh, Scholars attending, like the unveiling of the orrery um and of course entertainers like filling the halls you know dressed in various costumes um juggling summoning like illusions and stuff but just like for fun imagine being one of those guys yeah (laughs) so much pressure does that make us the rich people send you guys perhaps (laughs) well one might call me rich right now, uh, and I believe I do have certain obligations to try and find other rich folks at the moment. Yeah, you guys can schmooze, and uh, as I said before, there's also the directory of the museum, so I could tell you the exhibits that they have, like, rotating in and out for this season. But, uh, uh feel free to do as you please. This is just a fun night at the museum, and nothing bad will happen. <laughs> Sinclair, you must show me. Why is it that you are drifting towards these rich people? Are we going to perhaps uh, get a drink out of our interaction with them? Are you going to take their money and use it to buy us drinks? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And nothing else. Show me the way. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, Well, I suppose the mark I'm looking for, ideally, would be mid-30s to 50 and, uh, obviously the wealthier looking the better. Uh, would you, what, would you like me to make an investigation check or a perception check to try and find, a an ideal person of wealthy means? Uh, give me an insight, well, give me an insight or perception. Because insight would try to be able to, like, intuit who would be most susceptible. Uh, perception would, you can try to visibly perceive who fits the profile and, you know... Seems wealthy enough. We're going to go with perception, because as long as Malachi's with me, I don't, you know, suck terribly at that one. <laughs> the bird is flying around the museum. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, actually, it's a, it's a class feature. If he's perched on me, um, oh. I gain a bonus. Nice. And with that bonus, Fancy. that is 15. Awesome. So a 15, you see that there is a dwarf probably like late 30s reasonably like good looking but looks very stern and you see he's like drinking like a fish 
Is he with anyone? No, but he does seem to be, like, looking around a lot. Like, perhaps waiting. This is where Sinclair, the player, has to admit that they have no experience smoozing at bars. (laughs) Jade, the character, has no experience smoozing, but the player does. I'm going to go with Claudio. Guide us. (laughs) That's the guy? Take out three daggers? Yes, yes, that's the mark. Please, uh, show me what you have to work with before I, uh, you know, give some pointers. Okay. Here we go. I take out three daggers. No, no, I take out five. Sorry. And I fan him out. I can walk up to the dwarf. Hello, sir. Pick a dagger. <laughs> Any dagger. <laughs> okay. Um, give me a persuasion. I'm not going to give it a disadvantage because there's enough entertainers here where this doesn't seem like a weird thing to do. But, uh, yeah, give me a persuasion. Persuasion? Say no more. 19, baby. (laughs) So, you look, like, you can see in his face he does not want to do this, but then he looks down at the daggers and kind of, (sighs) like, picks it up and, uh, (laughs) do you say to pick one or pick it up? Just, just pick one. Don't, I turn my head away. uh, Don't, I I learned this from someone I'm practicing, okay? Don't, don't show me what it is. Okay. Show it to everyone else. Okay. All right. Put it, put it back. Did you see it? Did you, did you identify it? Yeah. <laughs> okay, good. Okay. Start juggling the daggers. <laughs> okay. Uh, please give me a sleight of hand. 15. Okay. Um, it's a little rocky, but you totally manage to successfully juggle. <laughs> okay, good. Good, good, good. Yeah, you manage to juggle the daggers without injuring yourself. Um, it's not so much the quality of it, but just the expression on your face is like giving away a little bit of how nervous this might be. And, uh, as you finish your performance, the dwarf kind of like gruffly goes like, okay, and goes back to drinking. And then, and then I, well, I, I toss all the daggers up in the air. I let all of them, like I catch four and I let one final one drop on the floor and I just tell them. Is that your dagger? He like raises his eyebrows in surprise and goes like, yeah, yeah that was my dagger. <laughs> Don't argue with guys with daggers. <laughs> yes, that was mine. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Claudio, the fire breathing kittens. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, fire breathing kittens. Okay. Yes. You like knives? You? Uh, you can call me Blitz. Ah, Blitz. I don't necessarily like knives. They're a little too up close and personal, but I like to meet my people. I I like to be far away with, you know, arrows and, you know, maybe darts and stuff like that. Ah, you feel like he's not going to say much more to follow that up. Nice to meet you, though. Let me introduce you to my friends, Jade and Sinclair. Come on, guys. Look, Meet, uh, meet our friend here. Like, as you guys are walking up and you go to introduce, he just actively goes, no. (laughs) (sighs) Okay, I thought that that would work. I'm being honest. Uh, Okay, like, he's sort of like, I'm not getting up, but I am no longer going to be a part of this conversation. And is just drinking, (laughs) like, in in the same chair he was in. (laughs) So we have ruled that we do not do this method. We do another method. There are so many rich people here. (laughs) 
Claudio, that was fantastic. <laughs> You're positive you have not done this before. 100%. I, I took inspiration from you earlier. I mean, I thought that trick was really good. You know, I, I added a little flair to it, so... Yeah. And you added a lot of flair to it. Thank you, thank you. And you probably got the attention of at least one other rich person, right? Can I do a perception check? I want to see who's looking at me. Well, Claudio. Yes. Who's looking at Claudio? Please make a perception check. Well, um, yep. Uh, six? Uh, you... Like, look around and, like, confuse people being kind of, like, amused with, like, Claudio's thing as them, like, like, talking smack or something like that. Like, you're like, people are looking, but I don't, I don't like the way they're looking. Okay, okay, okay. Hey, hey, I, uh, I take both of my friends and I I just kind of go like, okay, we're going to go over to that room and we go over to another room. And as we walk into the room, you know... Because, like, you get attention the moment you walk into a room. I say to, uh, so Sinclair has probably been telling me a little bit about what they've been up to recently. You know, he's been attempting to recruit some rich people to his Ponzi scheme. And, right, Sinclair? Yeah? It's not a Ponzi scheme. (laughs) uh, Because no one's going to fall for that. Uh, It's an investment opportunity. And if they look like they don't want to invest in that... I come up with something else. Okay, okay. So, as we walk through the door into this new room and everyone's eyes is on, oh, who is walking through the doorway? I say, oh, good sir, that sounds like such an interesting investment opportunity. I will be in for 2,000 gold. Why, that is such a wise and generous investment. You will certainly see a large return on that very soon. Meet with me just a little bit from now, and we'll get that taken care of. Oh, sir, I am so excited to invest with you. 2,000 gold, I will see you later. And then I walk away. Mm. Give me a persuasion check, please. This I can do. Please, dice, please. Oh, thank goodness. 23. Whoa, knocked it out of the park. Yeah, you see that there is a firm, like, murmur around like uh the immediate area about the door and you can tell some gossipy types like immediately go to the back of like this room i'll describe it in a moment but like to be the first person to tell everyone else about this guy who just came in the other side of the room yes sinclair take it from here all right uh sinclair the room you're in is an exhibit called uh memento mori a history of death, and it is skeletons, funeral masks, sarcophagus, all manner of, like, the way that different cultures around the realm treat their dead. And, like, different, like, there's a small bit of it that's, like, the history of, like, embalming and, like, how different uh, immortal cultures handle death. And it's generally, like, a very morbid, but deeply interesting exhibit. Well, I was going to say, Sinclair actually would have a massive interest in this exhibit, considering their patron uh, being Charon, uh, the fairyman from Greek mythology, for listeners who may not know. I'll say, like, even with, like, a few moments of looking around, you see, like, a, uh, like, velvet painting 
of your patron, uh, Charon, uh, and you have a moment of like, oh, I know that guy. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and then it goes into a like brief history of like the way he's been worshipped, some of his acts upon the realm, like though there are very few and far between as he, you know, has a very important job to do in the cosmos, ferrying the dead. It speaks a little bit about the various churches and more largely cults that have worshipped or like sprung up around him. Note to self, come back here once we're done. Cool, but uh, as you look around, you know, there's plenty of other rich people like with, you, you know, a murmur about you. So I'm going to break my own little rule here and spend a little bit of money to get my a drink in my own hands initially. You have to look rich to fit in with this crowd. Perfect. What, what would you like to drink? Oh, let's go with uh, a Manhattan or whatever the Nicomoy equivalent may be. A Jishope. Yeah, I was just going to say. <laughs> there you go. Barkeep, one Jishope and uh, give yourself a gold as a tip. Oh, thanks. You see that they are eight silver, which is like not much for an adventurer, but like for an average person, that is an, a truly a gouge at the wallet level of markup. But yeah, you, you get your uh, up in your hand, ready to schmooze. I am going to find a group of like five or six well-to-do looking individuals and just uh, wait for an appropriate opening to insert myself into the conversation. Yeah, you see basically a group of two scholars have gotten into a discussion uh, with a bunch of, like, finance bros over uh, the value of art. And they're basically having two different conversations at each other with, like, neither side even attempting to listen to what the other one's trying to explain. Where it's just like, I don't know, man. I would pay a million for it. And they're like, you cannot put a price on memories. And he's like, I don't know, man. We could do like 7500 for a spell, I guess. Like, what kind, what kind of memories are we talking about? Like, that is fundamentally not the way magic should be used. And just in a cycle. But uh, you can tell by the clothes, like, these are rich folk. Oh, God. <laughs> so I'm going to approach... Uh, gentlemen, gentlemen, you have it all wrong. Uh, transportation of art is expensive for insurance reasons. I mean, these are one-of-a-kind pieces. It is, you know, so time-consuming to have pieces commissioned. What if I could interest you in simply giving you the receipt, declaring that you are the owner of this artwork, and then... At a later date, if you're so inclined, you could sell that receipt and, by extension, the ownership of that painting. <laughs> Introduces the concept of NFTs to Nick of Lee. Thanks. Would, oh, my goodness. All Topical. right. Uh, Non-fungible so, tokens. Uh, I'm going... Okay, so, no, you give me your persuasion first, <laughs> and then I'm going to roll to see how each group reacts to this concept. NFTs are now canon. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't be looking up bullcrap money schemes if it weren't for a certain Bonaventura. Uh, That is a 20. Uh, Okay, that's going to be tough to beat. Okay. Scholars did a little better. And they're like, I'm going to wait till this idea stabilizes a little bit. And then uh, I like... 
I like what you're saying, though. Uh, I, please give me your speaking stone rune. Um, you know, that's, that's very interesting. There's something to be said about the value of money. And you see these scholars, like, start getting into a cycle about the value of something. And the finance bros rolled a six. So they are instantly like, yes, I like it. It's all the benefit of having art without having to have ugly objects in your house. Exactly. Like, would you like a banana? I can sell you a banana. <laughs> or what if, like, you just sold them the idea they, that they already ate the banana and then you keep the banana? Ex precisely. You're getting it. You're getting it. And that's... Uh, did you see my, uh, uh, my compatriots, uh, my fellow investor, uh, when I was entering the room? She just purchased the receipt for one dolphin. Oh, she owns a dolphin. Do you sell dolphins? I want a <sighs> dolphin, and one of the other ones is like, I'll take two. I want to race them. Well, you know, I'm fresh out of dolphins. But she bought the last one. What I have are three swordfish and a hammerhead shark, though. The hammerhead shark is the only one right now. Three of them say swordfish at once. The last one says hammerhead shark, and they all look at him like he made the wrong choice. And he's like, mm. <laughs> He looks deeply shamed. So, conjuncting you fleecing them from money, for the terms of, like, your selling your soul, like, do you need them to sign a contract as well? Or do you just need to milk them for money? Uh, DM of that episode explanation. The money goes to Bonaventura Halavi, and then the player gets, uh, or the the character that the player is playing gets 100 gold per level, and in-game, the character will receive 1 million gold every 15 seconds. Oh yeah, there's a copper falling on your head every 15 seconds for the next 50 years. Literal trickle-down economics. <laughs> okay, so... As long as he gets the money out of them, right? Yeah, but it goes to Bonaventura. Yeah. Okay, I wasn't sure if it was also like a soul Ponzi scheme as well, where it's like, no, oh, I'm not that evil. Get in my Ponzi scheme. Okay. Uh, cool. Uh, well then, uh, yeah. So I will do the math to figure out what an appropriate amount of money for you to fleece would be later, but fleece successful. I guess uh, you would give them a receipt that says uh, Bonaventura Halavi on it. That's that's canon. Yeah. Yeah, or like a maybe a bank routing number or something. Like I don't know. Just send your money here. What What do you get for NFTs, listeners? Tell us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you even get a paper receipt for an NFT? You don't. Tell us in the form of a five star review. Yeah. <laughs> in your five-star review, let us know. What do you get? I think that's all it is. Yeah, please don't give us a one-star review due to our lack of knowledge of, uh, you know, non-fungible tokens. <laughs> it's a learning process for all of us. Uh, uh, great. Um, cool. So, yeah, you uh, see, like, as the words um, Bonaventura, like, take paper and, like, the symbolic act of taking their money takes place, just, like, for a second, the ink on the paper flashes red, and you're like, okay, did my job. Um, that will take a little bit of conversation, so with that being said, let's cut over to Jade and Claudio. What are you guys up to while Sinclair is schmoozing? 
Uh, Claudio, I do not have two gold to rub together. These rich people are still fun to play pranks on. <laughs> did you see me with the daggers? I think I did a good job, right? <laughs> he almost peed. <laughs> <laughs> I almost had him too. He, I, I, I got his dagger, trust me. He didn't believe me though. Uh, cool. Uh, as you guys are, like, chit-chatting, uh, sure enough, across the room, you spy, uh, this dwarf walking, like, clearly with, but ahead of, like, at a, like, a quick pace, um, like, a stunning Jessica Rabbit-esque, like, uh, as, uh, me, or, like, angel, uh, divine-blooded, uh, humanoid. So tall, beautiful-looking, flawless skin, and, like, flowing, like, blonde curls, like, put up in, like, a like a pin-up girl style. Um, she's in a red dress, like, blue eyes, and just looks like hell on wheels. Um, and she's, like, kind of smiling and, like, schmoozing as she goes along, but is walking away with this dwarf. This is a good time to explain that Jade is married. <laughs> so she this is a good time to explain that really care. Claudio is not. Oh, he cares. <laughs> there we go. There we go. He cares. All right. Yeah, no, Jade's married. She doesn't really care. She's, um, I mean, she's got a wife already, so she's good. Um, but I, I'm assuming so. Claudio, <laughs> what happens? <laughs> While we're chit-chatting, I just jaw-dropped, stop talking, <laughs> and I just look at her. I look over there at her, I look at you, you look real dumb all of a sudden, I'm like, uh-huh, yep, yep, yep. <laughs> Tail's just flicking, um, and I kind of just, do, do you know who that is? Oh, go find out. I, I, like, pick up some rotating waiter food, like, someone's walking through the room with food, and I'm just like, have fun. <laughs> cool, you start shoveling canapes down. Oh, yeah. Uh, cool. Uh, yeah. You munch down on eating Claudio. You see, like, they're not, uh, especially the dwarf is not stopping to talk to anyone. Uh, but, like, you know, for a moment or two, uh, this divine creature will, like, stop and, like, have a quick chat with someone. And then you basically see him start s s tapping his foot very aggressively and she'll break it off. Okay, so I'm, I'm slowly approaching them. Well, no, no. Quickly, because they're moving fast. So I'm going to quickly approach. Hi, yes. Uh, what is your name? <laughs> smooth. Smooth. Uh, he, like, <laughs> smiles at you. Um, you can call me uh, Rose. Rose? Rose. I like it. That you can call me Claudio. Nice to meet you. Uh, she, like, takes a step forward, and for a second your heart skips, and you're like, I'm gonna get to talk to her. And then you hear the voice of the dwarf ring out, just goes, late! Time can wait, sir. Uh, we're introducing ourselves, okay? Uh, this is the start of something special, I can feel it. Uh, pleasure to meet you, Rose. What is it that you do? She, like, covers her mouth as she lets out just an adorable little giggle. The DM smokes too many cigarettes to pull out one of those. But, uh... <laughs> Uh, she very, like, coyly, like, gives you a polite smile and goes, Unfortunately, time for this, uh, must have to wait. And, uh, she steps away and is... You see that they are moving deeper into the museum, into the exhibit called Petrification in Red. 
All right. So I, I noticed that they're going to that, like that direction. Yeah. That would be the next like adjoining room slash exhibit. Okay. I'm going to find Jade cause I don't want to go alone. And I think Sinclair is still like chilling. Right. But I'm like, uh, I, you know, I would like to check out the exhibit, uh, petrification and red. I, it looks really cool. You know? Mm hmm. I get yes. some canapes to go and follow. <laughs> uh, Cool. So you guys follow in, you can kind of like see like the crowds both like moving away from this couple as they're walking through people and then getting more dense as people are forming like the outskirts of a circle. Just like, I want to get a look at her, but I do not want to get too close because that dwarf looks scary. I'm going to check on Sinclair as I'm walking past. Just is he done with what he was doing? He's more or less done. Yes, yes. That's exactly how it works. You give me the money, and yes, you will own the hammerhead shark. It is yours. But (laughs) it will be in the water. But this receipt proves that that shark is yours. Yeah, it it makes perfect sense to me. This is a reasonable thing to do. It's look. It's always fun to make fun of new stuff. <laughs> it's the same as making fun of Bitcoin, and now there's millionaires. You know. <laughs> yes. So, it's going to take a little time. Unfortunately, that's how these transactions work. But I do have some money now for us to get drinks. Oh, wonderful! Okay, we are going in that way. But uh, first, drinks. Okay, so uh, we yes, both exactly. get... Ooh, ooh, this is one of those fancy places. You can try something you've never tried before, right? Exactly. I tried a Jissop for the first time. It was delicious. Grossly overpriced. Oh, uh, I have I have never had one of those. I also tried the Jissop. What's the recipe, DM? <laughs> ooh, okay. So if I remember my Manhattan... Well, see, that's the thing. You can't get this wrong because I... it's the Jishop. Okay. I know a Jishop... <laughs> Uh, so I want to say it's whiskey, soda water, lemon. I think it's like, oh, fuck. Oh, sorry. Um, okay. It's whiskey, lemon, frozen tea instead of ice cubes, and uh, two maraschino cherries on a skewer. Ah. Oh. I just went off book with it. Dude, I like it. That, okay. Official for everything kittens cocktail. You heard it here. That's the Jishope. And Jade is drinking one. But what ratios? Uh, oh, no, it's just a, if this DM is making the cocktail, it is all whiskey. And you just <laughs> with just a spritz of lemon and whatever juice drops off the maraschinos. And so then any- it dilutes. That's why it's tea instead of water. It turns into more of a drink the longer you take to drink it. Oh, this explains why this is so expensive. It's high quality. <laughs> I might get a little dipsy. And we head into the petrification hall. I, I clink with Sinclair. We've both got a Jishope. <laughs> clink. Nice. Clink. The air in this exhibit is a little different. Even in the last one, Memento Mori, like that was all about death, there was still like a little bit of like a light party atmosphere. This hall, the central piece and the reason for this exhibit is... A piece of a wall-sized mural, like a a fragment of it that was, like, broken in long ages, that shows an incredibly lifelike human man 
like older in age, long, scraggly hair. He looks like a caveman, like almost primitive, uh, standing next to like an equally naked younger woman like looks to be maybe his like daughter or something and that's one of the big topics of discussion like about this exhibit is like who are these two people what is their relationship but the lifelike detail with which this was either carved or done magically is like truly terrifying like it's weird to look at like you've seeing someone frozen in stone but stone to flesh spells do not work there appears to be nothing inherently magical about this. So the leading theory is that this was just an ancient artist in like, you know, the time when metal tools were still being figured out, carved something that like even magicians could not attempt to like replicate. Quick question for the DM. Does there appear to be any sort of writing on this? Uh, no writing, but like, you from just like looking at it and inspecting it closer there is this is definitely part of a scene like there is a story in in this in this uh uh the words escaping me big rock statue slab it's a portion of a mural it would be like the last supper only having three disciples uh i mean this one is only two and it's broken off on both sides so, like, you don't know how big this could have been, but it stands, like, with lifelike proportions. So, like, uh, how tall are you? You're, like... S- oh, five eight. Five eight. Uh So, yeah, you have to kind of crane your neck upward, like, facing the man. And uh, it looks like at any moment he could jump from this red stone and attack you. Fascinating. Uh, but... Yeah, so that that gives this room a little bit different a vibe as people are, like, more emotionally reacting. You know, technically we've got some spells that exist, so this is out of character, that affect creatures but don't affect objects. And the player is wondering if any of those spells could be used to test whether or not these are creatures or objects. But, as a level 2 paladin, that's not going to be me doing that. So if the party wants to (laughs) try that out, you can. Well, then I was asking about the languages, because I have comprehend language in my repertoire. Yeah, yeah, but um, do you have any spells that target creatures? I've got Thunderous Smite, but I doubt they want me doing that in the museum. I doubt they want me Eldritch Blasting things in the museum. <laughs> well, you can Eldritch Blast objects, so what I'm saying is Thunderous Smite, only, only creatures can be pushed ten feet away from me by the spell. So, uh... Creature versus object. Spell effects. So if you guys are curious, if you have any spells that affect objects specifically or creatures specifically, it's a way to test it. You know, I mean, rather than saying my stone to flesh spell isn't working, so therefore this is an object. Well, there might be something wrong with stone to flesh or there might be some complications that are not known, but you can always test whether or not it's a creature. Claudio? My eyes are on Rose. (laughs) Okay. All right. Uh, Oh, well. Yeah, you do see her, you know, uh, you're pretty much keeping pace with them, but uh, they're still in the room. Oh, wait, I got it, I got it, I got it, I got it, okay. <clears throat> Can I touch it? Um, Would Jade know not to touch objects in the museum? Yeah, but like, can I physically get close enough to it to brush up against it, or will an alarm go off? Because I've been in both types of museums in real life, there's the, you know... 
motion alarms aren't set to this painting technically. And then, <laughs> then there's the it will sound, you know, museums. So which is this? Okay. <laughs> I'm going to combine your knowledge of like town guard and stuff like that. Yeah. And um, what spell are you going to try to use? Cure wounds. Uh, yeah, I, I'll say that, you know, from like guarding objects and stuff like that. That kind of spell won't set off any magical triggers, but, you know, like something like a disintegrate or like fireball, like wood, you know, uh-huh. but having something with like, they're like, cure wounds is not going to yeah. mess up the art. Uh-huh. So you, you, you think you should be able to get away with it. Okay. I walk towards the painting to get close enough to it. Then I turn around with my back to it and continue to approach it, but at a like one step per every two minutes rate. With my back turned towards it so that it's like, I don't know how close I am to it. And then once I can feel it, I, a creature I touch, regains a number of hit points equal to 1d8 plus my spellcasting ability modifier. This spell has no effect on undead or constructs or objects. So, can I touch it? You feel, you feel your spell fizzle. Ah. Like... That plan was good enough. I'm not going to make you roll for it. Okay. But uh, yeah, ultimately you feel like the magic flow from your fingertip and just like pouring water on concrete. Nothing really happens. Okay. So either they're full <laughs> or, yeah. or they're an undead the or a continues. construct or an object. I don't know. Um, oh, oh, but, oh. Uh, y- can I like <laughs> hit it for one damage and do it again? <laughs> Just just like elbow it. I just want to elbow it just a little bit. It's going to hurt my elbow, but it's also going to hurt the statue. <laughs> Can I roll it to See, hit? See, now now I have to I have to dust off my uh hardness like <laughs> math where I don't think your elbow is hard enough to break the or like to chainmail and I'm carrying a shield and a sword, eh? Huh? Okay. Um <laughs> Okay, I will allow it, but you do know, for like I said before, this is the type of things that might set an alarm off. Yes, I'm going to do it while turning, and I'm going to, here's the thing, left elbow damage with shield, right? Left forearm is shielded, okay. right arm touches it to cure wounds. So I'm going to do one turn around, like, oh, sh- oh, am I right near the statue? You know, like, whoops. And I want to damage and heal it. And I'm out of spell slots, so this is the end of me faffing around. Sorry, guys. I'm done. Um, So, I just want to hit it. I just want to hit the statue. (laughs) Okay. Um, Yeah. I'll... I'll, uh, Give give me a strength check. Okay. That was a 19 on the dice plus, I think, 5. Wait, what's my strength? Plus 3. 19 on the dice plus 3 is 22. That will work for me. So, you chip a fragment (gasps) of this off. It's okay. It's okay. Uh, mending. Claudio, don't cry. Mending. If I really mess up, <laughs> they can mend it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Ooh, okay. Um, I'm just, I'm going to leave it up to the dice gods. Okay. I rolled an 18 on the dice. So I'm going to say like the like alarm goes off for a second. It makes a loud noise. One of the staff wizards sees that basically somebody fell into it. Uh, ah. clicks the alarm off. <laughs> I'm tripping. You feel that. <laughs> Woo. Uh, one, once again, your spell fizzles and you've damaged art. <laughs> uh, okay. All right, I'm done and I'm going to be quiet for like half an hour. Go ahead, guys. Enjoy the room. <laughs> <laughs> Must investigate mysteries. Somebody comes up and like, you know, the wizard comes up and it's like, oh, he finds the chipped off piece goes mending, like mending, 
met. Oh, and he just sticks the stone in his pocket. <gasps> and, like, looks around to see if anybody else saw. Does that mean we... So did my cure wounds work? No, it didn't. <gasps> it's an undead or a construct. Or an object. No, mending would have worked. Or an... Oh, oh yes, no. Well, uh, yeah. Yes. <gasps> <laughs> Thank you. I'm happy now. I can, I can rest happy. Okay. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> so, uh, as you just do the whistle walk away, Claudio, would you like to uh, throw your rom- romantic hat in the ring again? <laughs> Absolutely. My romantic dagger, please. Come on. <laughs> yes. Uh, you are the dagger through every heart tattoo. <laughs> Here. <laughs> So eyes locked on her. Hunter, a hunter's mark if I have to, I swear. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I want to give her disadvantage on all checks. <laughs> Oof. Dating in D&D would be dark, man. You never know if someone's a changeling. <laughs> what? That's a disguised self? I thought you had money. I'm magic. <laughs> um... But yeah, no. Uh, sorry, shoot, shoot your shot. Eyes locked on. Uh, yeah. So what? What is she doing right now? Uh, she's sort of still doing the like. It's almost like a parade where she's just kind of like waving to the crowds. She's trying to make her way. At the end of this exhibit, there's two big doors. One that leads to the orrery. Like it seems to be the big focal point of the evening. There is uh, also a separate room that is basically for the best of last season's display things before they go into storage forever are like put on display here. So it's just called the display gallery. It's sort of like a final chance to get a look at these objects. She appears to be headed that way where there is a bugbear guard in like very formal, like guard attire that basically like unclicks a velvet rope and uh, allows the dwarf and her to pass into this next room. Uh, but you would have a moment to, like, uh, intercept her, but you can see the trage- trajectory she's on. Okay. Uh, okay, so I, I, I'm going to try to intercept her, and I, I, I'm pretty fast. I, I, I did try to catch up, just because I, I'm very interested. All these people seem to know you. Uh, what is it that you do? I'm sorry, I'm not familiar. Oh, um, largely I, um, walk into rooms, and then people react like this, but by trade I'm a weaver. Okay. Yeah, back on the farm, that's that's the only trade Mama would teach me. And you just hear people swooning around her. Uh, Your weaving must be very good, I mean, they look at her reactions, Uh, I mean... What's some of your work? Is it displayed here in in the museum? Well, I mean, I did make my dress, and uh, you see that, like, this is, like, made of, like, very interesting, like, material, and does appear to be woven. But, like, at a glance, you just thought it was, like, maybe, like, pattern cloth or something like that. But, uh, again, there's not much dress to it, so, you know, it's not super (laughs) elaborate. Just a standard, like, little red dress scenario. Okay. Um... 
So I, I'm going to try to like continue the conversation while casually like walking alongside them, trying to like finesse my way into the room, pretending I'm part of the, part of the gang, you know? So like, so tell me, your mother taught you how to weave at what age, you know, what was it like growing on a, growing up on a farm and just casually chit-chatting as, as we're making our way through the door? Uh, you make it to the door and she very like gently kisses you on the forehead and goes, <sighs> I'll see you later. And then walks past the rope and, uh, you can attempt any check you like, but you are, you see this bugbear, uh, bouncer who's just like got his eyes on you and like moves will not be taken at surprise in this moment. I, I think I know when I'm beat. I, I I'm going to, I'm just going to. Gonna take the kiss on the forehead for now, and anal- like see that she went into the display gallery, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, and um, can I, can I get a like, can I get a glimpse into the display gallery from the outside? Like, what can I see from out here? Maybe another entrance or something. Uh, yeah, give me a perception. Say no more. God, this this die is being retired. It's a one. Oof. Um. You don't see really much of a layout. Um, you see real quickly, like, a glimpse of, like, a long table has been, uh, like, placed. Uh, there seems to be two people already in the room. And uh, entrances and exits, no. But there are high windows that lead to, like, a second sort of balcony floor. So if you went out and around, you could attempt to break into a museum. <laughs> don't give me ideas. Uh, you okay. rolled a one, so I'm allowed to give you bad ideas. <laughs> <laughs> and also narratively interesting ideas. <laughs> uh, okay, I'm gonna. As said, um, I'm going to like pick myself up that I'm just dis- like you know, and then walk back to the to the group and put on like get ready to tell a grand tale of how I got her uh, number, pretty much uh, <laughs> when I re- reunite with Jaden Sinclair. Uh, perfect. I, uh, Sinclair, is, uh, there anything you wanted to do, like, of note in this room? Well, I was very, very taken in by the statue. The craftsmanship is impeccable. Is there anything else of note in here, or is this entire room just dedicated to petrification in red? It appears to be dedicated. There are artifacts from different periods of time, essentially a compare and contrast of, like, who made this and when. And sort of the accompanying pieces to this are all, like, it could be from this jungle continent in this period. And other scholars are like, no, it's definitely from this age on the other side of the world. Like, um, they only know where it's found, but even that is not totally in line like, where they found it, they do not think was the same location that it was crafted in. That little they do know. So there's multiple pieces in this room? Uh, yes, like smaller pieces, like um, like side dishes to the main course. So there's like a few statues of people in like similar red-colored stone, but like the artisanry is not quite the same. Uh, there's some with very high-quality artisanry, but uh, made out of, like, marble and not this red rock. Um, Are all of them unresponsive to Stone to Flesh? No, this is the only piece that is of its nature. The other uh, pieces of art in this room were not found with this object. So has Stone to Flesh been attempted on everything else? 
Uh, I mean, it's it's sort of a matter of course when you work at like a museum and somebody brings you a statue. You're like, I just have to make sure that this isn't a petrified person and a wizard's not running a scam. Uh, <laughs> and they'll usually cast a, a stone to flesh just for like a second or in an anti-magic field. And then the uh, arcanic caster will be like, did my spell fizzle or was it the field? And like a good, like per, an art historian of magical nature would be able to like tell the difference between a failed spell and a fizzled spell. So these are not people, then. They're statues. Yes. Everything else in the room is normal, like, craftsmanship or done with magic in, like, a non-spooky way. Okay, okay. I I was like, oh my gosh, we're in a room full of petrified people, but okay, okay. (laughs) (laughs) That is the fear of every museum. (laughs) (laughs) PR nightmare alone. No recovery. You have to get adventures in because there might be a Medusa in town. It's very embarrassing for the institution. <laughs> okay, good. Uh, but uh, yeah, would you like to make a history insight, any sort of check on this to ponder your brain bowl? That's a thing people say. That's why ring the kittens, it is. Uh, what Sinclair will do is, I mean, they're certainly interested by petrification in red. Uh, they they do enjoy scholarly pursuits, but if even these folks are, you know, a little confused by it, they certainly are not qualified to weigh in on that discussion. But their schmoozing obligations to Devil's Done, they do it out of necessity, not because they love it. Uh, Sinclair's old, other old habits, aside from academic, are kind of perking up. They can't help but be curious what kind of security this place might have, because petrification in red's a little too big to stow away in one's pocket. But some of the other items, perhaps in other rooms. Uh, there is, uh, one other, well, aside from the orrery, uh, it was sort of a left and right path once you first came in the entrance. I just assumed you went right. There was one other room you didn't see called A History of Animation, which is all about animating objects in various levels of sentience and uh, sort of like magical animatronics, where it's like, I made basically like a person, but it's an object. And it'll move around and like do little dances, so it's a cheaper form of golem making. And they have like an inert golem pieces around and uh, just sort of the way that uh, history and culture has, like, evolved around making a non-animated thing alive so you don't have to work. Uh, So what I'm hearing is this museum, while it certainly is interested in historical artifacts, is more of a modern wonders of the current age. uh, Yeah, you could call that the theme for the season, then. Uh, You know, it has various other topics that may be a little more scholarly, but, uh, you know, with the orrery coming out, they tried to diversify to get people in. Uh, still curious what kind of security they have. Oh, uh, yeah. So you've seen, like, the guards around. They're clearly, like, noted with, like, little badges in case people need help or whatever. Um, the, so the physical security is, I'll, I'll, I'll say moderate. Not super high, but, like, highly trained. But maybe smaller in number. Um... 
the security around the items themselves based on uh, what happened with the arrow earlier and uh, Jade's falling into uh, petrification in red. Like, these objects are pretty well locked down magically. Uh, and then that guard at the door that Claudio was going into sticks out because he does not seem to be museum security. Uh, well, I'm going to assume I saw Claudio strike out as it were. And just give a little, I am so sorry you weren't able to get past Nod. Um, eh. but as I walk past, I'll see what I can do to help you out. Wait for your opening. Thank you. Ah, hello, my good bugbear. How are you enjoying tonight's festivities? Have you tried a jissop yet? He looks at you with cold, unfeeling eyes and does not, like, respond in a meaningful way. Give me an insight. Or perception. That's another 15 on perception. Uh, there's something deeply odd about this bugbear. Like, they're not regular rude, and they're standing at such, like, firm attention that, like, you just get a weird feeling like you're talking to a wall. Well, unfortunately, I didn't take something that would let me... Hmm. Sinclair took the spell Tickle. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Do you have the material components of a feather? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Malachi, this is going to hurt. Hold still. This isn't going to be the Tickling podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Or is it, listeners? Let us know in the reviews. (laughs) Um... Uh, yeah, but go, sorry, go ahead, Sinclair. But what I do have is taking a cue from a previous adventure. I will press to digitate a sudden, you know, blood spot on my chest. <laughs> oh, oh no. What's going on? The old war wound. Help, please. And fall to the floor, hoping that that bugbear will help me. Uh, he does not. Like, you see some people around, like, kind of, like, look concerned for a moment as you make a show of it. But uh, this bugbear, basically, once you fall down and his eyes kind of, like, notices the blood, uh, he just kind of, like, looks back up to scanning the room. Like, you get the distinct feeling he thinks you're dead and he's satisfied with the result. Hit two, bugbear. (laughs) Then fall, (laughs) Sinclair. Claudio, not knowing any better, is going to rush to Sinclair's aid. My friend, what's going on? Did he hurt you? And I kind of just don't know really what's going on, and I just jump in. Oh, no, no. I was simply giving my rendition of the final soliloquy of the dying emperor in Julius Jishop. Uh, The the bugbear seemed to be an appreciator of the performing arts. Uh, unfortunately, he seems unmoved. Uh, just a show, everyone. Just a show. I'm fine. I, I press to digitate the toga to be clean. Uh, oh, some people great. nervously clap. Like, <laughs> oh, okay. This is more of the entertainment. Thank you. Thank you. Claudio, I think we can do anything here. <laughs> I'm starting to get that feeling, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is a real party museum. <laughs> <laughs> is there anything you've always wanted to do? Because <laughs> you can. <laughs> I can't think of it while. Full disclosure, Sinclair the oh. player is a little worried this is a weeping angel situation. I look at the statue. 
Uh, it's Woo. No, no just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> woo, it's Doctor Who now. <laughs> um, cool. Uh, but yeah, yeah, you you get away. You know, you get a distance. Like you're not guys aren't total totally out of place. Uh, you're definitely the wild kids in the room after breaking the statue and then fake dying and continually hitting on the hottest girl in the room. Uh, we belong, yeah. yeah. <laughs> let us in. There was no reason for them not to have. <laughs> Looks like we were entertainers after all. Follow our dreams. So, uh... You've tested the security a little bit, Sinclair. Everyone's together. Would you like to... Would you guys kind of like to... You know, like like everyone else is here doing. Uh, cluster together and talk about your night at the museum. Claudio, I saw that it was going so well for you. And, and then, like, this is our group. Obnoxious, but consistent. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't like to kiss and tell, but... Uh... Well, my forehead got the kiss, and I am gonna tell. So, uh, <laughs> it was uh, it was uh, pretty great. Uh, I was this close if it wasn't for that meddling bugbear getting in the way, quite literally. I now I am trying to get into that room. It seems a little suspicious. I I saw I saw some windows. Well, I didn't get a look inside of that room. How big are those windows? Big enough for us, at at the very least. Yes, I think. Big enough, per chance, that a raven might be able to get inside? I rolled a one, so I'm going to say yes. Yes, I think so. (laughs) This is going to go well. (laughs) Well, what we can do is I can send Malachi on an errand, and assuming that room is relatively close to uh, petrification in red, I can just tell him to head to the window of that room, and then I'll be able to... Work through him, as it were. That is a great idea. Now there's a raven flying through the museum for sure this time. Cool, so you let a bird loose in the museum. <laughs> <laughs> He's heading outside. Uh, He's heading outside. I did not intend for this uh, adventure to be as like Willy Wonka in a museum. But, yeah. I, I, I love it. <laughs> so yeah so you send out your bird oh the windows for exterior so you would have to send them out and around yes yes that's what i'm uh intending yes cool so you only like a little bit let a bird loose in the museum once everyone sees it goes out they're like we're fine we're fine um sending mail or something yeah (laughs) It's, it's probably just the wall oh my god those guys and their zombies they won't shut up about it (laughs) yeah you see that your bird gets to the window and will be able to get it open but is just having a real tough time with their beak so you're like i'll I'll check back in a minute oh it is too bad we did not give the raven a dagger (laughs) (laughs) yes you should have got a knife in the bird's mouth (laughs) uh i can tell you from experience that does not end well. How do you think I got the old war wound that opened up? Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> Malachi, f- no. He is fickle at times. Flashback to him on... Yeah, just knife on your chest. Give me the bird seed. <laughs> just give me the bird seed. <laughs> ah, ah. All right, Malachi, all right. I'm sorry. <laughs> 
all right, you know I don't like to do this. <laughs> Drops the knife and flies away. Lays an egg. <laughs> uh, I do not know how birds work. No, that sounds about right. Uh, cool. Uh, would you guys like to check out the orrery by chance? Oh, I thought it was behind the door. No, that is, uh, that's the show hall, or the uh, exhibition hall or whatever. Yeah, the display gallery. Display gallery, thank you. Um, so there is, uh, one last, uh, section, the, uh, the piece de resistance, the reason for the season. Uh, I will just quick give Malachi a parting message, because I have to be within a hundred feet to communicate, see through him, all that fun stuff. Uh, Malachi, if things get hairy, uh, find me here, in the museum, all right? Um, stay safe, I love you. Aww. Uh, he kisses you back, does a little... Uh, but cool. So Malachi's got his mission, and you guys enter into the Ori. Uh, and you see this is no regular Ori. It is a Ori of the Realms. Different afterlife that have been arcanically mapped are like, this is our rough understanding of the realms in relation to each other. So it's this, like, very fancy sort of almost, like, mesh material that, like, overlaps on which planes connect to which planes and things like that. And at the same time, it's, you know, not moving at true, like, astrological time, but, you know, very, like, sped up the way that the planes shift and flow in astral space. And again, this is just one proposed theory, but it's also very, very cool to look at. So... Well, that's always fun. It's a circular room with sort of like a pit with seats that like run around so people can look up and watch like space move. Um, The planets and realms slowly like twisting, like twinkling starlights and different marbles of various sizes. And uh, Jade, uh, you see your son Sasha here. There seems to be, like, a group of, like, school children and uh, him and a, like, human woman about his age are, like, kind of, like, leading a class on a field trip. And he's like, Mom? Sasha! I did not know you would be here, but I'm so glad to see you. Are you doing something Uh, for your divinity coursework? Uh, yeah, like, uh, professor said if I wrote a paper on, like, the Ori and, like, how different realms would, like, relate, like, theologically to this proposed version, it's like, whatever. And he, like, gives you a hug. Aww. How are you? What are you doing here? Are you, are you, uh, working? How, how's your new club? I will answer that question, but I also want to tell the listeners. So, I am a red-skinned, horned, I got no whites in my eyes. This is a human... 19 year old boy we don't look alike and and i'm like my son and you guys are like what (laughs) (laughs) um anyway so uh oh yes these are my new friends in my club look claudio sinclair this is sasha hello uh hi uh nice to meet you guys uh this is uh my like part we're teaming up on the paper together uh this is uh uh zephyr uh 
she like smiles and waves her hand and goes like, hi, um, you've got a great kid. And he's like, kind of like blushes a little bit. Ah, but please take good care of him for me. I will leave you to it. I don't want to embarrass you. And then I like pinch his cheek. (laughs) Mom. (laughs) Oh, you're so cute. Ever since you were a child. Uh, And I used to pinch your cheek like this. Oh. Uh, he looks and like one of the kids is like, like a little goblin kid is like gnawing on one of the seats and he goes, Grobo, I said no gnawing. Sorry, mom, I'm going to watch these kids <laughs> and absolutely takes the out. Yeah. <laughs> like, I know he doesn't um, want to hang out with me. I'm not dumb. I just like him a lot. <laughs> uh, you like see Zephyr like gives you a big smile and it's like, Grobo, you really, really can't gnaw the seats. And, like, they're trying to pry this goblin who's, like, teething his real adult fangs. I'm glad he has friends at school. Aww. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, that's pretty cool. You guys are, like, enjoying the orrery. And then uh, Malachi gets the window open. You see, like, because uh, you can communicate with him, like, or a raven's the one that can speak a language. Oh, he he's not a familiar. He oh. is... Uh, I could read the thing verbatim. Um, I gain the service of a spirit sent by the ferryman Charon to watch over me. The spirit assumes the form and gains statistics of a raven, and it always obeys my commands, which I can give telepathically while it is within 100 feet. Okay, um, well, at the very least, it, it gives a very, like, accomplished uh, raven thought. And it's like, yeah, take that window, <laughs> even though he doesn't say those words. Um... <laughs> Oh, no, he's much, much of... more coarse, coarse than that. <laughs> yeah, but that uh, that sort of microwave timer goes off in your head and is like, oh, I should check on him. And uh, <laughs> you see that uh, actually the man from earlier, who was behind the desk that you auditioned with, is standing at the uh, end of a long table, like I said, has been erected, sort of so the exhibits have been moved away. Uh, you see that there are five chairs placed, but only three of them are occupied. Uh, you see uh, that woman in red before Rose. Uh, you see the dwarf, um, but sort of like, uh, you know, he's, he's sitting there uh, eating a big plate of food with like a pitcher next to him. And then you see a uh, uh, very familiar person, uh, the... Fellow you sold your soul to. The one who is trickling in coins. Uh, I keep you seem to... a coin is hitting you every 15 seconds in the head. Yeah. <laughs> I... Uh, <laughs> could you uh, remind me of his name? Because I definitely didn't forget, but I think the listeners might benefit from it. It's not Benvolio. It's... Well, at first I thought his name was Baron Ventura. Harvey. But, uh, after entering his employ, I found out it was, uh, Bonaventura Halavi. Bonaventura. Which means good okay. voyage, and is a classic Italian name. Let's not be racist on our podcast. All countries are welcome to listen to us. Make us number one in Italy. Make us number one in Italy. <laughs> Only you can do it, Italy. <laughs> uh, See? So, I immediately forgot it. Thank God I wrote it down this time. Bonaventura. <laughs> Uh, is sitting there just like gleefully running a coin across his fingers. Uh, it seems like whatever meeting this is is already in progress. Uh, 
and uh, like I said, you see uh, the uh, guy from earlier. Uh, did you catch his name? Uh, the person we auditioned with? Yeah. Uh, no, we okay. never caught a name. But if Malachi sticks around, I can see what he sees and hear what he hears while I'm within 100 feet. So as soon as the egg timer goes off, I'd be meandering back to uh, a room in red. Well, technically, petrification in red. Just to uh, get a better bead on the situation and see what I can glean. I'm sure my boss won't mind me, you know, spying on his secret meeting with museum staff. Uh, cool. So what you can see in here through your raven, uh, the uh, uh, person from before goes like, and as you can see, I think through the melding of our realms, uh, we could align ourselves to get more accomplished than either one of our groups could do individually. I know we have traditionally in the past not really involved ourselves with each other's dealings, but I personally think that now is the time for this to end. And uh, you see Blitz, the gruff dwarf, just goes like, if I have to listen to it, I'm taking it off. And he sort of peels away not like his flesh but the veneer that he was wearing and uh you see that he is a very deeply demonic looking red-skinned dwarf with candles sort of emerging from the crown around his head uh as he speaks flames like lick out and while he continues to shovel food and drink into his mouth nothing ever reaches his lips uh the woman in red it's like, so uncouth. It's fun to wear a costume. Go on, darling. Keep giving us your pitch. I love that she's, she's not actually pretty pretty. Like, I like that she's... Oh, I love that you were hitting on that. Okay, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't uh, know. <laughs> so, um, I, I feel like I... <laughs> I feel like I haven't properly expressed what we can do for you. So... Uh, we can conclude the meeting. Please tell the rest of your cousins um, what I offered. I'm so sorry they couldn't make it. But um, as you exit, uh, let the display show what we and my court can do for you and your family. And uh, the dwarf instantly like throws his chair back, just very wastefully knocks the food and drink onto the floor, and starts stomping off out of the room. Uh... Rose gets up, walks across the table, uh, Bonaventura also, and you, uh, you know, you see, like, this guy is, like, you see him in his public persona that you saw him in last time. Like, you know, he's already in character, uh, and they start sort of, uh, making hushed words at each other, like, just, your raven is up high in a window, and they're just talking at, like, normal speaking volume, and it's a little difficult to hear. Do you make a perception check if you want to hear the rest? Or would you yes, like to I'd act, to. like, and move around? Um, well, I would want Sinclair to, as quietly as possible, just try and glide down, get closer, to be able to catch more of the conversation. Uh, okay, cool. Uh, then, can you roll me a stealth check for your bird? Alright. Uh, would you like me to roll using my stealth modifier, or find what a raven stealth modifier is? Uh, give me the raven one, and as the as you look that up, uh, we're gonna cut away to the people who aren't currently warging into their birds. 
and you guys hear like a commotion coming from the front of the uh, museum. Uh, harsh screaming sounds, like of terror. Mm-hmm. All of us hear that? Uh, yeah, it's pretty clear as like you would guess a gallery worth of people just went like, ah! <laughs> I look at Claudio and I guess Sinclair is in a different room because we're in the orrery. Uh, well, Sinclair's kind of with you, oh. but because um, the wording was a little bit vague, I assume when he's hearing and seeing through his raven, he's kind of like, you know, focusing on that. Sinclair isn't here right now. Please leave a message after the beep. You're in the petrification in Red Room, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I look at Claudio. Let's check it out. I mean, it could be Rose. She could be in trouble. We dash towards the screams. In real life, I would never do this. But here I am. Role-playing. I run towards the screams. So you make it through petrification in Red, and you see people are running out of both uh, the uh, history of animation... And uh, Memento Mori. Does Sinclair join us? And Sinclair! Uh, yeah, y- the yells would probably shake you out of your thing. At least be like, ooh, I should check on the other side. Um, to the shrieks of, at the same time, Zombies! <laughs> the objects are attacking us! <laughs> and we will deal with this problem <laughs> after the break. It's fine. Everything is fine. <laughs> we'll be joined, but oh, it looks like it looks like our dear friend Sinclair has something to say. Yes, uh, we would love to get a review from you, preferably five stars. But honestly, anything is appreciated. You see, we don't pay to advertise on this show, so we can only spread our audience through viewers like you. So, whether it's one star or five, though again, higher is preferred. <laughs> We would love to hear it, and we'll even read it on the air in character if you like. And joining us for their potential deaths, we had... Jade! <laughs> Where's my kid? Oh my gosh! <laughs> uh, <laughs> bum bum. Claudio! I, I hope Rosie's alright. Bum bum. And Sinclair. Flap wings, flap wings, hide. Uh, hmm? What? Screaming. Oh, no. Sinclair. Malachi, uh, you, be careful. I have to help them. <laughs> bum, bum. Thanks. Be right back. We hope that you're enjoying this episode of the Fire Breathing Kittens podcast. Please leave us a review on iTunes.com. If you leave us a review, we'll read it on air. It's fun listening to the words of your review get read by the characters you know and love, so go to iTunes.com and leave us a review today. Can you think of someone who might enjoy this podcast? Please share it with them. Is their birthday coming up? A special anniversary? Would you like us to wish them a happy day on your behalf? You can arrange for us to read your shout-out on air at firebreathingkittenspodcast.com through our partnership with the website Buy Me a Coffee. Do you enjoy reading books? You can find paperbacks and ebooks based on our adventures on Amazon.com in the bookstore, Fire Breathing Kittens, that part's all one word, podcast. The authors do a great job of adapting the stories into fun novels. We also have official merchandise on Redbubble.com. 
Imagine owning a notepad with the Fire Breathing Kitten logo on the front, or a t-shirt with one of your favorite characters. And lastly, I'd like to take a moment to sincerely thank all of you. We don't pay to advertise this show, so the only way we can grow is through the support of listeners like you. Thank you. Welcome back to the Fire Breathing Kittens, everybody's favorite 5th edition standalone D&D podcast. We left our adventurers in a pretty perilous situation. Would everyone like to roll a quick dice so they can remind our friends about what happened? That is a natural 20. What? Pepperson rules. What a waste. Cloudy, did you get a natural 20? Because if not, we got a result. No, no, no. I got a natural 6. Okay, Babberson rules with a natural 20 you get to pick. Oh, I would love to hear what uh, our dear Claudio has to say about tonight's escapades. From the beginning? From wherever seems appropriate. Okay, so the failed performers, us, the fire breathing kittens, uh, have made their way into a... Hey. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are for now. Uh, made their way into a museum where we've explored all the lovely exhibits, got to meet people, made some deals, uh, met the love of our lives, and, uh, well, <laughs> at least I did. And um, now uh, we hear screams and shouts of zombies, and that's where we left off. Alrighty. So in this perilous situation, we will... First start off with the ending of the conversation being held inside of the exhibit hall. Through your bird ear holes, you hear this elf go like, So, what do you think? Like, just between us. Do you like the offer? Bonaventura is like, I gotta be honest, my friend. I don't really see how it benefits me in the short term. What we're doing is going just fine. Souls and souls, every day, coming over willingly. We're not like our parents. And you see Rose smiles and go, Well, I like your offer. You people seem fun. It's a new location to visit. And, I mean, if there anything is striking as yourself, I mean, I can't imagine I wouldn't get along. And uh, you see this, like, elven guy just go like, Oh... Well, maybe as a gesture of good faith, if you like the way this looks. And you see he drops a shimmering glamour and takes the form of, like, a moth-like humanoid. Uh, Wide black eyes with, like, a pinprick of a white pupil. Like, wings, but very, like, elegant. Like, I don't know if you remember that old Lunesta commercial, where it was that, like, glowing (laughs) butterfly that comes in the window. It's like that. Yes. (laughs) Yes. That, but, like, person-shaped. Like, very tall, like, easily over six feet, hovering around seven. And Rose just (gasps) covers her mouth like, you are darling. It, like, blushes. Uh, Go ahead. Well, what I'm picturing from your description are the uh, bug folks from Rick and Morty when they sprout wings sometimes. (laughs) Ah, much more elegant, and, like, all of the plates, like, are very smooth, it's almost, like, mask-like and expressionless, and, like, uh, like, 
insectoid, but like very well put together, almost like a picture of an insect. All right, I'm now picturing more porcelain doll with minor insect features. Yes, that's that's the vibe we're going for. And you see there's just like a shimmer of like sort of like a dust, a glimmer in the air, almost like if you like threw glitter, but like micro glitter. It resumes its like more humanoid state and goes, well, I must be going. We've left the circles open, so just uh, enjoy the carnage. I, I know that's what people, you know, your family enjoys. Uh, they kind of like laugh to each other and uh, Bonaventura politely shakes his hand and then uh, goes to the door so you would know as as Sinclair like he's going to be coming out of that door in any second what everybody sees in that second as we said before the break is crowds of people rushing in you would guess they weren't able to go out towards the entrance but they're not staying in a room with zombies so they just ran away and the sounds of battle happening in both wings i think before we broke off we were also headed towards the towards the sounds of everyone yelling right like that's where me and jade broke off yeah it hasn't spilled over into petrification in red yet so you'd have to pick left or right hall either uh the dead hall or animation jade what do you think death or life (laughs) i take a deep breath I sniff the air. I'm like, because divine sense is an action. And it mm-hmm. says I smell it like a noxious odor. <laughs> so, mm-mm. do I smell the undead? Yes. You also, it, it reeks of fiends as well as, uh, can't you also detect like fey creatures? Yeah. Let me read this. Hold on. I got Divine Sense, so this is my first time using the Paladin's Divine Sense. It says, The presence of strong evil registers on your senses like a noxious odor, and powerful good rings like heavenly music in your ears. So I just have tinnitus in church. As an action, you can open your awareness. I'm sorry. As an action, you can open your awareness to detect such forces. Until the end of your next turn, you know the location of any celestial fiend or undead, so it's not Fae. Within 60 feet of you that is not behind total cover, so I guess like... It's not super useful to distance, but I assume that hallway smells bad. Meh? Like fart. Like vague yeah. fart. Yeah, like vague fart. And then as the door opens and Bonaventura uh, comes out of the door, that's when you would get the fiend smell coming from the exhibition hall. Oh. My goodness, that man smells horrible. You need perfume. Blech. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so which way are we going? I... Uh, um, Claudia wanted to go towards the danger. There's danger in... Sorry, both rooms have danger. (sighs) Okay, okay. Um, which room is my son in the last time I saw him? There we go. He's in the orrery, so... Okay, well, yeah. Yeah, so one of these rooms need to be cleared for people to be able to get out. Okay, I would head towards my son, because above all else, right, your family... So I gotta go check on him. Uh, I head through the fart room, through the through the fart area to my son, straight to son. Uh, let let me explain this a different way. Picture like okay. the letter Y upside down. Yeah, I'm drawing this. The top of the Y is the orrery. Hmm. The bottom left is the history of animation. The bottom right is the memento mori, 
and the center point where they all meet is petrification in red. He's at the orrery at the top, so he's reasonably safe right now. But you also can't get out until you can get to the front door. Hmm. So, like, you would imagine most of the people in the room ran out towards the exit. These are the people who couldn't get out of that room, so then they ran back to petrification in red. Yeah. Okay. So we have some options. Uh, I'll just explain this out of character to Claudio, because I'm sure as trained professionals, these all occur to us. Okay, listing options. We can run backwards away from the zombies towards my son to, like, protect him, because I have... I, in. My character has these, like, it it almost reminds me of 4th edition Defender Guardian abilities where I can protect, it's called Interception in 5th edition. I can protect people that are within 5 feet of me, reducing damage that they take. Um, Or we could head towards Animation or Memento Mori, wherever the, like, undead smell is coming from, and try to just kill all the enemies. But actually, yeah, so looking at it, if we headed towards Animation or Memento Mori, then... I'm looking at an upside down Y, listeners. Either room that we choose would leave petrification in red unguarded. And that would let the zombies go right to my son. So there's only one right answer. There's two right answers. Don't move and stay here and hold the fort so that no undead can get to my son, whether they come from animation or memento mori, or head to my son in orrery. Not going to be able to ever say that word properly. <laughs> and stand close to him because as a fourthy defender i can reduce damage to people within five feet of me so claudio you are strategically trained fire breathing kittens member and sinclair's somewhere dealing with birds are you in petrification in red he is i believe i'm in petrification in red okay so we're all here yeah um do you guys want to stay here in petrification in red and take on the two prongs coming at us or head to orrery and stand next to my son <laughs> what do you think uh i, will I, say I would the- say the death smell is coming from Memento Mori. Okay. Big surprise there. Farts. I wrote down farts, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I would say go. we hold the line here. Yeah, because whichever direction they come from, right? They got to go through petrification in red to get to... Also, I love the statue. That's a great idea. <laughs> okay. Claudio, staying here okay? Uh, uh, yeah, we'll stay. I'm not going to... I'm not going to fight it. <laughs> you can throw daggers or arrows at whoever comes through either door. <laughs> I'm happy with that. Don't hit the exhibits unless you want to. <laughs> I think that's out the uh, that's that's off the table now. <laughs> okay. Well, wait. If we hit the exhibits, alarms go off. If alarms go off, guards get summoned. If guards get summoned, we get reinforcements. Hit all of the exhibits. <laughs> okay. Oh, oh! I'm sniffing. I'm using an action. I want to know if it's an undead or a construct. I'm in the petrification in red room. I sniff that naked ancient dude. And his daughter. <laughs> uh, that's a sentence. Do they smell like farts? They're not an <laughs> object. If they're an undead, they'll smell like farts. And if they're a construct, they won't. What does it sniff like? <laughs> uh, Define sense. You, yeah, you uh, get like a very neutral, earthy smell that you know from your training means this is a construct of some sort. Excellent. <laughs> Can you give me an arcana check, please? All right, that's plus zero. So that is a. Oh. Natural. That was a what? Twenty. Natural twenty. A natural twenty. Natural twenty. Oh. <laughs> oh, baby. Okay. So. 
But I, I wait. I can roll what? it a second time because I don't want to just know the secret. It's a six. Well, no, no, no I do want to know the secret. Let's keep let's keep the natural twenty. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a six. No, you said what you said. We don't fudge rolls here on this podcast. Uh, so, I mean, and it's not the craziest thing in the world. I mean, it is depending on what world you live in. But uh, you realize that this construct is like in the way that a construct is a inert object that's been given life. Uh, you are like... This is some sort of, and especially processing it through a town guard's brain, this is a jail. This is like a prison. This is like a living something to keep something inside. Like, there's probably something in there, but much like, you know, like a, a chocolate Easter bunny with filling, like, that's how they did it so mm. perfect, is they just melded something around a living thing. Mm. Oh, no. Whatever is inside there should not come out. Should not come out, no. Uh, yeah, and again, you, like, even in the throes of this battle, it almost provides perfect background music. You're looking at this terrifying, feral human, and then just hearing screaming in the background. Mm, this is ominous. I, I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> um... Okay, so that being said, you guys are going to hold the fort in this room then, or what What was the plan we were going with? Yeah, that. Okay. So, um, <clears throat> a few minutes go by, uh, or not a few minutes, like, honestly, probably about 30 seconds go by, like, five rounds of combat, and uh, you hear the noise quiet down from a history of animation, but... Uh, you get a, a distinct feeling that's not necessarily a good sign in that room. Uh, we let people die. <laughs> you continue to hear moaning and groaning. People continually run out of both rooms every round, but the doors are only so wide. You hear a real good fight going on in the, uh, in the Memento Mori room. But, uh... As that happens, like, you're slowly seeing the guards uh, being pushed out of that room. So it's like a losing battle type deal. Well, that answers the question I had about the guards. But what about that bugbear? Oh, uh, oh, also you would see this. Good, good question. Um, as Bonaventura exits, he makes eye contact you across this, like, incredibly violent scene and gives you a wink. There's a, mo like, just in the moment, you're like, sh do I say something? Do I not say something? Like, do, do you want to say anything? <laughs> uh, I, 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 I would want to have a conversation, um, but I don't think he's going to stick around for that. Because, frankly, I kind of want to renegotiate. <laughs> <laughs> Refinance your soul? I, so I'm, I'll, I'll scurry over real fast. Uh... Hey, uh, B-Man, boss, um, I'm not sure if you're involved in this. I'm going to try and put a stop to it, but can you and I talk later? I don't think we ever really established a way I can get a hold of you. Oh, uh, well, uh, how about this? I have some time next time you're sleeping, and I'll come into your nightmares. Um, as for this whole situation, 
It's just some new kids in town trying to show off. If you want to clean it up, that's your business. But, uh, I don't know. I mean, the soul I got, I, I thought would take a little more advantage. And he motions to some of the broken, like, artifact cases and objects just sitting there on pedestals. But, uh, yes, I'll be sure to evaluate you properly when you come to ask for your soul back. And he sort of walks away, like, directly into a painting of hell. <laughs> Out from it comes the dwarf, who is just casually pushing and kicking and, like, burning away like zombies as you hear him storm through the Memento Mori room. Rose walks out, and then the bugbear puts out his arms, and she, like, hops into it, and he just, like a football linebacker, starts charging out towards the exit, and uh, as she passes by, she looks at Claudio and gives him a wink. I call out to her, Rose! Don't die, little kitten. (laughs) (laughs) And like with that, you guys kind of like the 30 seconds have passed. It's time to reevaluate or double down with your plan. But it looks like things have gone poorly in a history of animation. And these zombies are pushing out through Memento Mori. You see their undead flesh. Uh, There was a few mummies, skeleton, preserved body type deals. So you see these undead beings are dressed in like very nicely restored traditional garbs of their culture. So like some real nice looking zombies. They are better dressed than us. Let's get them. Let's get their clothes. (laughs) Okay, so you guys uh, mechanically want to stand like behind me, of course, but like I can reduce damage if you're within five feet of me, which I feel that is information that I should share with you so you can choose how to let that affect your combat positioning and whatnot. But I also have to be real close to these enemies. So, yeah, there's information for you. Yeah. Um, so a question for the DM. I have a grappling hook and rope in my possession. Could I perhaps, you know, just rake something up and then shimmy up a good 20 feet so I'm out of reach of any undead nasties and then just plink away with Eldritch Blast? I love it. Uh, yes. Give me, let's treat it like a thrown weapon. And we'll see if you can wrap it around like a beam in the ceiling or something. Uh, proficiency or no? Um, are you proficient with thrown weapons? I'm proficient in simple weapons. I think that includes a dagger and you can throw a dagger. That's close enough. I'll allow it. All right. That brings it up to 19, then. All right, that's good enough. So you, whoom, and it does the perfect, like, video game animation, wraps around three times, and then, like, you tug it, you're like, got it. This will be your movement. Give me an athletics to get up 20 feet. All right, nobody please stare up the toga. Not that I'm self-conscious, but that's a natural 20. Oh! You get exactly where you want to be in position. And I'll say a little extra icing on the cake. We'll call that grapple and object interaction, so you can still take one action if you would like. Oh, actually, interacting with an object would be an action. Well, I was calling it, like, a thrown weapon. So, like, you know. But, I don't know. Either way, you're getting to do it. Semantics aside. Oh, all right. (laughs) Let's throw Uh, the rules out the window, and I will take... I will use my action, then, to cast... Eldritch Blast uh, on the 
nastiest but most well-dressed zombie I can find. <laughs> Jealous much? Incredibly. <laughs> Alrighty, roll to hit, my friend. Well, that total is 23. That's going to be a hit. And that is three damage. Uh, cool. So you blow a good chunk of one of these zombies away, totally ruining the tunic it was wearing. And, uh, yeah, is there anything else you'd like to do on your turn? Well, I'm out of harm's reach. I have just destroyed, uh, someone's fashion statement. I would say I'm very happy with my turn. <laughs> uh, alrighty. Uh, did we roll initiative? We never did. No, we haven't. Let's go ahead and roll initiative. Uh, we'll call that, uh... Hmm. We'll just call it a surprise. Nobody expects the half-elf hanging from the ceiling. Well, yeah, to be fair, you guys were in a... (laughs) You were in, like, a holding position, and then Sinclair just went, like, whoop, and then threw a thing up in the air, so, you know. It was a surprise to even your party members. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But I'm glad you did it. Yeah, good move. Well, now you can just focus on uh, defending... Uh, Claudio. Yeah, Claudio. Oh, that's actually a very good move, especially in a party of three with your ability. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, just give me your initiatives. Ten. Dirty twenty. Seventeen. Alrighty. Uh, it's going to go, uh, Sinclair, Jade, Monster, Claudio, and then the rest of the monsters. Alright, well, for my turn... I'm going to assume that a nine does not hit a zombie. Uh, I think it actually does. Yes, it does. Oh my. And that would be nine damage. So you blow fully through the one you hit previously, and your Eldritch Blast carries over a little bit, slamming into the next zombie, taking out roughly the same size hole as you took out of the first one. Oh, most excellent. For movement, I'll just try and shimmy up a little higher. Uh, 20 feet's about as high as you can go. You're pretty much against the ceiling. All right. That's as good as I'll be able to get it, then. <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, will that be in the end of your turn? That'll be the end of my turn. Alrighty, Jade, if you would. Jade, well, I guess this is out of character voice. Jade has a sword. Jade has a movement speed. How far away are the zombies from Jade? If you shout, like, move, the beleaguered museum guards that are kind of holding them back can scoot out of the way and you'll be in, you'll basically swap with one of them. Okay. I shout, move! I run forward 30 feet. Perfect. You get a better view of what the Hall of Death looks like, and it's not good. You see that there's at least four zombies crowding this 10-foot doorway. So, like... Mm. There's two zombies, you're shoulder to shoulder with another guard fighting. And then there's two more zombies behind them, just clawing over, ready to attack. And then a, like, ten foot tall minotaur skeleton is animated and, like, making the movements to howl, but no longer has the organs required to do it. So, uh, but is, like, raging in the center of the hall. As I run forward, I extend my sword, and kind of like a person diving into water has their hands out as the furthest part of them, the sword is the furthest part of me, and I'm diving not into water, but into their chest. I have a 16 to hit and 11 damage, as I am going to shish kebab me some undead. You fully do. 
you <laughs> stab it directly through the first one in the line. You see, like, the milky whites of its eyes go, like, even more lifeless. And you feel you, the tip of your blade make purchase with the one behind it. Will that complete your turn? That completes my turn. Alrighty. One of the guards takes a not-so-good hit. The one next to you, uh, Jade. As they get hit, I would like to use my reaction to do interception. Oh, please do. When a creature I can see hits a target other than me, within five feet of me, I can use my reaction to reduce the damage by 1d10 plus my proficiency, which is two. So I reduce the damage by five. Wow, you uh, fully block the hit. Uh, Describe how you do so. You see the zombie is gnashing out like both ards. I'm holding a shield, so as I shish kebab with my right hand, my left hand shields the guard next to me. Or vice versa. I don't... I'm ambidextrous. Sure, why not? (laughs) With swords (laughs) and shields. I mean, you've at least done this move enough times to where it's pure muscle memory, even with your non-dominant hand. Um, So you block the hit for this guy, fully blocking it, potentially saving this guard's life. And uh, Claudio... How far am I from the action? Not that I want to get close. I would say about 30 feet. Okay, I'll take about two more steps back, just for extra good measure. And uh, I'll just I'll just let loose an arrow at the because there's a zombie horde, right? Yes. If you again, if All you right. shout "move," the uh, injured guard will move out of the way, and you can get a clear shot at the zombie. Okay, so I'll I'll tell him to like. Dog friend, and then I'll take a I, I'll take a shot, and it'll hit for um eleven. Cool, that hits. Awesome, and then it'll do um eight damage. That's a very meaty hit to it. You see, you kind of like pin one of its arms to the wall. That's for Rose. <laughs> cool. So, the zombie that Jade has impaled on her sword jostles its head coming back to life and will attack (gasps) uh, hitting and dealing five points of damage and my AC is 18 so that's pretty impressive okay the zombie that Sinclair downed remains dead the one at the very tip of your sword is like pushing forward and like swiping around the one behind it but now that it's newly reanimated, can't occupy the same space. And the Minotaur skeleton is charging towards the door. But, like, stop short of knocking the uh, skeletons away. Or zombies, sorry. Uh, and then we're back to the top of the order with uh, Sinclair. So I would like to delay my turn to go after Jade. There's a reason for this. Perfect. Uh, Jade. I'm a little concerned that the thing that was dead was dead and again, and then is not dead again. Um, so I'm freaked out, I think. I, I'm not used to this and I don't like it. I'm, in, I'm intrinsically, like, at my core repulsed. I want to kill it again. Fifth edition doesn't have severing blows, but I want to cut it into little pieces. Yeah. Can I cut its head off? Can I cut its arm off? I think it would make narrative sense because you've said you shishkebobbed it the first round. Just, you can pull up or down very hard and essentially sever something. 
yummy. Okay, okay. All right, so because I'm only doing four damage, I got a 21 to hit and four damage. Uh, what part did I cut off? <laughs> uh, which part would you like to cut off? Because it only had one hit point. Ooh. I'm, I mean, I, I want to go down to cut it in half, right? Yeah. Sure. Uh, so you, we'll say you're kind of like mid chest in this, uh, zombie. And as you pull down as hard as you can, you bisect it and like a pair of scissors or it just slides both legs apart in a brutal visceral split until it's like torso just sort of flops onto the ground. Your blow, uh, carried over three points of damage to the zombie behind it as you rip through almost two zombies in the same <laughs> turn. And uh, that one is... Roll, lunges at you as soon as the uh, position was moved. Missing. <laughs> so it just sort of pitifully <laughs> flails at you, making no purchase. The one that I killed again, I think it's died three times at least, that I can count. I yell, and stay down at it. <laughs> I was going to say two, but then I'm like, oh, wait, no, the original one. <laughs> um, yeah, you, you feel like this one is not getting up from that blow. Uh, your turn, Sinclair. Oh, uh, anything else you would like to do? Free action, movement, uh, Jade? I've prepared my reaction to intercept if the person behind me is going to get hit, and I'm just going to glance back at me to see nothing's getting past me going into the orrery, right? Uh, no, nothing has gotten past you, but Claudio did ask the guard to move, so he's, like, one square back. Okay. So, okay. Uh, on that okay. next turn, the zombie's gonna move forward. Ooh, can I... No, I'll leave its melee range and provoke an attack of opportunity. Um... I mean, you can step five feet back, and you'd still be diagonally. Oh, wait, no, you would. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, so I'm just going to mm, stand here, yeah. and if it leaves my range, I'll reaction attack it. Hey, okay. There we go. So I'm not going to prepare a reaction. I'll just, I can choose to use it as an interception or as an attack of opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. So then Sinclair, now take your turn. Am I within 30 feet of Jade? Yes, you are. Wonderful. Jade, this should help. I'm going to use a bonus action to cast Sanctuary on her. Any creature that attacks you... Until you make a hostile action, uh, has to pass a wisdom save in order to attack you. I feel like I'm a monk again. Yay. <laughs> and thankfully, Perfect. that spell's only a bonus action. So my standard action, I'm going to try and uh, headshot uh, one of the... How are the automatons looking from the other room? You don't hear, like a lot of commotion from that room. It just is sort of eerily quiet. Uh, that's concerning. Um, well, in that case, I'll be attacking a zombie I can see. That is a 12 on the hit and a 4 on the damage. Perfect. Uh, and that was to the one that was on the tip of Jade's spear or the one that uh, Cloud... or Sorry, not spear. Uh... Sword, or the one Claudio had shot with the arrow? The one that is... We are concerned about getting past. That would Jade. be the Claudio one. So, your bolt soars through its head, removing it from its torso, and splashes in a bolt of eldritch flame as it knocks into the one behind its chest. Ha! 
Take that, you undead freak. Uh, somewhere Willie just got very offended. <laughs> <laughs> so, will that end your turn? That'll end my turn. I am not moving from this very safe spot. Okay, so the one that was going to move died, so now it's Claudio. <laughs> All right. Oh, hold on a second. Oh, taking... Actually, oh, it comes yeah, back on. to life. So, uh, <laughs> it will come back to life and take a swipe at Jade. Missing. Woo-hoo! Go ahead, Claudio. <laughs> oh, wait. It didn't, it didn't have to make that wisdom save? Oh, that's right, it did. It fails. so it just sort of like looks at you and longly thinks about the ancient civilization that it came from and what is this new world why have it been brought back was my afterlife real uh you know the things religious spells like sanctuary do (laughs) you see like peace and contemplation and like a soul flicker back into this as a moment holding it in place and an arrow then flies at it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> hitting for 17 uh absolutely nailing it it only had one hit point so you send this thing right back to wherever it came from don't bother thinking around here buddy <laughs> oh, sorry. don't bother thinking around here <laughs> we're fire breathing kittens we don't think <laughs> <laughs> yeah we just do yeah <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I let a room die, like, a minute ago, so I'm not going to be like, no, I'm a master planner. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, people were exiting. You let the people paid to, you know, risk their lives for the museum die, you know. Yeah. We don't know how many uh, civilians were lost. We're never going to know the exact number. <laughs> it's six. No, I'm just no. kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it should... St- Show to reason how bad that moth people is. That was a bad person with a very mean plan. Yeah, so Claudio, you nailed that one. So, I'm sorry, how much damage was it? Did you say seven? Eight. Eight. So that means seven would carry over to the one behind it with a carryover of three from the last one. You killed two zombies at once. What does it look like? It looks like a kebab. One arrow just... (laughs) We're keeping the food theme. Yeah. You uh, you kebab these zombies, and uh, now the only one left is the one at... No, they had the reaction, so... Mm. Okay, Minotaur's going to charge. He's uh, held his actions for enough rounds. Zombies didn't do it. So, Jade, that's going to be a hit. Um, Did it uh, pass the wisdom won- save? Oh, no, it didn't. No, it didn't. So you see this minotaur runs in, hits the edge of the sanctuary, and then just stops and, like, slowly moves onto all fours and begins, like, grazing like a cow. Uh, You, like, for a moment, you know, uh, he totally ran through that last zombie. Um... Like, it's, like, quiet. The animation room is quiet. There's this minotaur skeleton still, but, like, you're like, okay, no more zombies. And then you hear, like, a terrifying groan. And, Jade, you're close enough to see in the room, uh, like, a little, like, it almost looks like a trap door in the floor, but maybe, like, a service hatch or something. 
bursts open and like a very meaty purple skinned like it's of a species or race you've never seen before it looks almost elven but maybe like a half elf or something but tall and built and like uh very hungry looking does it smell like farts i didn't use an action though but <laughs> uh i didn't use i think an the it's general okay vibe know. you've gotten is you're like you don't know for sure but stands to reason this is probably also undead Hmm. Is it between me and my son? You are between it and your son. Okay, so it's in the room. The Memento Mori room? Or the animation room? Memento Mori. It came All from, right. like, okay. underground. Through a hatch. Ooh, okay. This reminds me that I am assuming that my son is in the end of a, you know, like, the end of a string of rooms. But there might be something that, like, came up from underground and attacked my son. Or, like, from the ceiling or a window. So now I'm like, ah, tunnels. I forgot about those. One of my friends is in the ceiling. <laughs> Where's Claudio? Um, I'm, like, 30 Uh He's behind, behind you, like, about, yeah. How far are you from the doorway to the orrery? I don't know. Uh, I would say, like, another 45 feet, maybe. Mm, so you just can't glance in. Okay. Um, Matt. What is that called? Grappling oak friend. Up there. Hello. Hi. Hello there. Hey, Sinclair, can you send Malachi to check on uh, my child? Yes, of course. Sinclair, How are things down there? Hmm? How are things down there? Oh, this is a cow. Uh, I think it's only briefly Nebuchadnezzar. I might have to kill it. Thank you for that sanctuary. Oh, so good. <laughs> I've got one more. You are very cool. <laughs> <laughs> Let me know if it starts talking first, though, and then I can understand it. Oh, I look at the cow. Uh, it, it does not speak. <laughs> <laughs> no, no talking, no mooing. It's just eating uh, grass on the museum floor. It's very stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so you uh, send Malachi. He also just does a double movement. He has fly speed. He's he's fine. Um, quickly flitting your vision in, you see that nothing is attacking the room, but, uh, that little goblin that was chewing on chairs before is like found a hatch and is like running off. And, uh, you see Zephyr, the girl that was with Sasha is like, uh, Sasha, stay here with the kids. I'll go, I'll go get Glorbo. And, uh, she like runs off. She's like, no, come back, come back. And uh, that's all you can get from just that little snippet of what you see. Um, whose turn were we on? I think uh, the Minotaur just went. That thing popped out. Top of the order. Back to Sinclair. Uh, your son's fine, uh, but it looks like his lady friend and the furniture-obsessed goblin child <laughs> might be running into danger. <laughs> goodness it's like hurting cats okay okay all right i'm like looking at a minotaur hey. grazing grass i'm oh well cloudy you're cooler than, than the goblin furniture muncher all right so <laughs> i mean this thing's gonna get over its sanctuary induced nebuchadnezzaring in like a second so uh i guess i should cleave it okay all right squish uh, there's the purple thing too oh man oh man okay um 
What do we do, guys? Like, out of character discussion of strategy? You know how the DM called us not so good at the strategy beforehand? <laughs> do we chase <sighs> the fleeing child, genuinely a school-aged idiot, and Zephyr, <laughs> the college kid who's probably going to go die for the school kid, or do we stay here and attack the Minotaur and the purple thing? What do we do, guys? Uh, do we split the party? Do we stay together? Do I just call after them? Stop running! But, like, the kid's still gonna run. Uh, what do we do? Well, I don't think they can hear you from here. Yeah, I, th- I think the goblin's in the floorboards. I-, I think the best bet would be uh, Claudio or I. It, like, if somebody's going to try and save the kid and Zephyr, I think it's gotta be Claudio or I. Because you're kind of our bulwark. Yeah, and I think I can do it just because I have feline agility, so I can sprint without sprinting, kind of. Oh, and if you have a ranged weapon, which you do, you can non-lethally kill, not not kill, non-lethally <laughs> arrow the kid to stop its fleeing, right? And to prevent it from running into danger. <laughs> I did it once before with a dragon, so. <laughs> Fire-breathing kittens, where we shoot kids with arrows for their own good. We've done it before and we'll do it again. <laughs> <laughs> That's a threat and a promise. Some may call it child cruelty, we call it tough love. <laughs> Uh, cool, so is that the move? Yeah, I'll, I'll go try to stop yeah. them. Yeah, you're the best at ranged. Thank you. Initiative-wise, it is still Jade's turn, though, I think. Uh, actually, I think it's back to the top of the order, so it's you, Sinclair. Ah, all Did right. Did you just go? No, you didn't do anything. Uh, no, no, I, I, I just, uh, forwarded the report for Malachi. Um, yeah, so now is your yeah, turn just, proper. Malachi, yeah. Tell, yeah, uh, Malachi, uh... Let her son know that helps on the way for Zephyr and the Goblin. Uh, he'll forward the message. And I will take a, a shot with Eldritch Blast at the bull. Uh, I am going to assume a five does not hit. Unfortunately, that will not hit. All right. Yeah. Go, Claudio. Save the kid. Save the world. <laughs> It'll be Jade's turn. Jade has pre-rolled a 16 to hit. And I've got a minotaur with its head lowered, and I know that cutting parts off works better than not cutting parts off, so I'm going to try to cut its head off. <laughs> Guillotine. Awesome. Does the 16 hit? Yes. Would you like to smite or anything? Uh, pff, I wish I had spell slots, but I used them to investigate a statue. So, um, no smites. Ah, that's right. Just slashing damage with my new <laughs> new sword. <laughs> cool. So how much damage was that? Five? Five. Perfect. Your sword, unfortunately, just kind of clunks into the bone of its neck. And you're Mm. like, ooh, it's going to take more than one. Mm. And you see the Mm. ring around you uh, dissipates. And this minotaur's head, like, instantly snaps to look at you with, like, deadly intent. Oops. Uh, Cool. Claudio, your turn. Okay. I'm going to sprint towards the well i'm gonna use the feline agility to to double my speed so how far is it to get to at least like you know the dire situation of a goblin child and a uh the other person uh you can get to the room this turn you still need to get to the hatch and down the hatch so it's going to take at least two turns before you're on the same floor as them can can't can i use my bonus action to dash yes you can okay yeah, my speed is normally 30, so doubled with the feline agility, it's 60. Yeah, 
and then dash allows you to do another 60, right? So you're at 120? Yeah. Uh, cool. So, in like, <laughs> you made the joke about herding cats earlier. Uh, <laughs> this tabaxi takes off like a rocket down the hall, bounds across <laughs> like the orrery, and then literally just like leaps down the tunnel. So it's just like, everyone's like, whoa, that cat is going somewhere. Um, and, uh, you, uh, see that, like, clearly, uh, Zephyr has chased this little goblin down the hall, but now, uh, like, you see you're in a network of tunnels, there's big wooden boxes with ancient artifacts boarded up for either transport or storage, uh, and you see that there, uh, is this goblin leading this young woman to a, uh, like, it appears to be a glowing circle of some kind. And uh, give me a perception check. God, it's another one. Oh, <laughs> yeah. The, it, it's glowing too bright and going, like, from, like, sort of a lit space to a dark space to now down here. Like, your eyes can't adjust fit fast enough. Okay. Um, and I believe you're out of actions, right? I think you still have a bonus, maybe? Yeah. Oh, no, you use that to dash. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um... Oh, no, I use my action to dash, actually, because that bonus is a rogue thing, so... Oh, that's right. So... Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. Then we move to the Minotaur, who, uh, could not make purchase with, uh, Jade. Uh, it's smashing big hands and trying to slam its massive cow skull into your head, but you're dodging, weaving, throwing your shield up. The purple creature is uh, running up, also takes an attack at you, uh, but misses. And uh, you just notice, like, this thing is covered with, like, a fine powder. Back to the top of the order, we begin with Sinclair. Well, I'm going to try and take a chunk out of the strange, rather grotesque half-elf thing. Uh, Does a ten hit? Uh, Ten does not hit. All right. Um, Jade, how are you feeling down there? Do you need another sanctuary? Uh, okay, so in character, I probably know what the spell is. Or, yeah? Uh, I would say at least from what you've just seen, you know it breaks if you attack. So if you if he casts it on you now, you know, you're basically giving up a chance to attack. Or burning a spell. Did they already try to hit me this turn? Uh, yes, they did. The, well, the, okay. So, uh, yeah. You go next. Let me just hit them one second. Yeah. Yeah, because your, right. your turn's right before me, so if you bonus action me, then I hit him, so it's, like, useless. The way you delayed mm-hmm. last time after, until it, I had my turn, and then you cast Sanctuary on me was perfect, so. Yeah. Um, I don't know how much Jade is aware of. Maybe she's just busy because she swings her sword. And with a nine, probably doesn't really hit anything. Uh, but I'm I'm like, I'm busy. One sec. <laughs> Try to stab me, some undead. <laughs> All right. If you're good. Uh, wonderful. Yeah. So out of character, that spell wouldn't have an, a- have an effect because your bonus action would happen right before my action, which would cancel it. Mm-hmm. Well, in that case, I'm going to use my bonus action to try and throw a dagger at the purple thing. Nice. With my offhand. Yeah. Perfect. And roll it up. Considering the range, though, it's probably with disadvantage. 
And with disadvantage, that's still a 22. Nice. That's a hit. And that's a measly three damage because it's my offhand. Let's out a very (laughs) painful sounding groan. I will be wanting Uh. that back. (laughs) (laughs) Claudio, you are in the tunnels below the museum. And again, you see this uh, goblin holding hands with this woman as they're slowly walking as it leads her towards this magic circle. How far are they? Uh, can you use feline agility again? Or is that a once per uh, day? No, I, it's once until I move zero feet on one of my turns. Mm. Uh, then if you, you could get up to them but with a double movement, you wouldn't have another action. You would just have a free action. Or a bonus action. They're okay, like so, sixty feet away. Okay, I'm gonna. Uh, okay, here, here's 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 my idea. Okay, I'm gonna move my full thirty feet closer to them. Right, I have like a thousand ball bearings. Right, so can I grab like a handful of them? Right, like a good chunk to just toss in front of them to maybe trip them, like to just litter the floor, the path ahead of them. Yeah, we can do it like this, where you can slice the bottom of your bag, so it's like they're all loose, and then you can chuck it like a thrown object, and then it'll hit, and essentially do a splash effect of ball bearings. But you just gotta hit with an attack. Okay, okay, alright, so any modifiers to this attack? Yeah, I believe since you're proficient with uh, simple weapons and stuff, right? Um, Yeah, you're good. Go ahead and add your proficiency. It will be a... Yeah. Strength or dex. Wait, wait. So dex with proficiency? Yeah. Strength or dex because okay, it's a thrown weapon. Perfect. So it lands. Uh, let me roll saves. Um, they both trip and fall. So yes. you have. Yeah, they all slip on the ball bearings. You see this little goblin goes down. She goes down. Um, yeah, and that'll, that'll be your, your turn. Can I, um, can I just tell them, like, stop right there. You have to go back to the room. I don't, we don't know what's going on out here. Uh, roll me a persuasion check. Okay. Okay, a 19. Pretty good. Uh, so this goblin kind of, like, looks at her, and you see this goblin looks weird. It's, like, moving with the sort of, like, purpose that like a little goblin kid should not be moving with and it goes like Uh no come on we'll be safer here just come with me and like the girl kind of like uh you you uh both rolled a 19 actually so she's not going to move in either direction but you're both kind of like tugging her equal ways and she's like what no i don't what's how to get down here and uh, uh we return to the surface uh as the minotaur swung and hit dealing nine points of damage as it slams its head into you oh my goodness i have two hit points oh uh lucky the big purple thing missed yeah yeah <laughs> Uh, top of the order, Sinclair. I'll delay my action. Jade, if you would. <sighs> With a 21 to hit, I'm going to try to... So this is my 
my swing, it's sideways through the torsos, since they're both standing next to one another in the hallway. 21 to hit, only 4 damage, though. Uh, you crack through this minotaur's rib cage, taking out a good chunk of it. It does not drop it. It's on death's door, and your blade just stops short of this purple screaming zombie. Uh, Sinclair, your turn. Jade, are you all right? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Sanctuary. Stop hitting her. Uh, and I Eldritch Blast the Minotaur, because I can see that it's looking awfully wobbly, uh, for a total of 19 on the hit. Hit. Seven on the damage. All right. How do you drop it? Uh, my Eldritch Blast, it looks as though it's a playing card, and I fling it, and it goes in a wide, curving arc to slam it right in the side of its head. Wonderful. It falls to the ground in a clatter, lifelessly inanimated. Uh, Is this your card? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, perfect. Uh, And it does slide through, knocking into the purple beast. And taking, like, a, a reasonable-sized chunk out of it. Uh, we All right, move- Jade, you got this. Finish it off. <laughs> uh, Claudio? Okay. Um, before I take any act, I'm going to try to just, you know... Uh, Zephyr, please. Uh, it's really dangerous. There are zombies and, and, and who knows what else out there. Just come back to the room. Another persuasion roll? Another round of competing uh, diplomacies. Yeah, or persuasion. 16. This is so creepy. So creepy. Like, the kid is like, come with me. (laughs) So creepy. (laughs) Super creepy. Uh, (laughs) You see, she kind of, like, backs away. She goes to get on her feet. She wobbles over the marbles again and falls down. And you see this goblin turns, like, and as it's turning, its body extends and sort of morphs into... One of these moth-like creatures like I described before. This one, you would guess younger, like more lithe, thinner. And uh, it looks back at Zephyr and says, It's okay. I'll come back one night and we'll play again. And then it steps into this circle. And she just bursts into tears. Uh, Oh, God. Yeah, uh, that was technically a free action, so you still have your movement and regular action. So it's gone, right? It's gone, but this weird circle is still there. Okay. Uh, okay, first, help me collect as many of these balls. They're not cheap, okay? Uh, I need to... Uh, I need... I, come on. They were useful once. I think they'll be useful again. Um, but let, after that, let's kind of go away from that weird circle thing and back into the room. Because uh, I don't know if you're creeped out. But that was really weird. Goblin boy eating furniture turns into moth thing. I, I don't know if I can take any more of that. So I just kind of, yeah, instructed to help me gather some ball bearings before we head back into the room. I've never been more grateful to be being attacked by a zombie minotaur. <laughs> <laughs> so she, like, you know, is kind of on her hands and knees and is just trying to, like, you know, through, like, sort of sobs, like, 
just okay if i just pick up the ball bearings that's focusing not about what happened and she sort of slips a bunch of them go rolling away knocking into the circle and you see like a light switch boom it loses all color and light as you you know eyes sort of adjust and you look it's this weird sort of powder in a circle and one of these ball bearings just broke the circle okay that being said that'll that'll end your turn probably right mm-hmm. cool yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, you help her get to her feet of course and you know go up together yeah. all right monsters attack minotaur luckily misses this time oh my goodness don't forget about <sighs> the wisdom saving throw oh uh, you probably can't see it this zombie like digs its hand right at your chest oh wait no uh sanctuary's up i shouldn't have even yes. rolled those um so minotaur did pass re-rolling attack that's a mess so you uh skate by but the minotaur has broken the sanctuary spell top of the order sinclair all right well uh i rolled an 18 on my eldritch blast hit uh i'm targeting strange purple thing because i need that dagger back and i don't think it's going to return it while it's alive (laughs) (laughs) uh that's a hit and that is an eight on the damage. Oh, good boy. Um, <laughs> exactly how much it had left. Uh, nice. You said purple thing, correct? Yes. Yes, perfect. Um, so, uh, please, do away with it. How do you do it? Oh, well, card goes flying, and this one will take an arm off at the shoulder. I mean, if these things are possibly coming back, I'd rather this be disarmed. Huh. <laughs> I get uh, it. Its oh, arm falls that. off, and un- <laughs> unlike the previous zombie, its arm flops to the ground and then continues to wriggle and like squirm. And you see, it almost tries to go for uh, Jade's leg, but there just is not enough life left into it and falls limp on the ground. Like your big hit to this zombie did enough damage to it to where it like cleanly blowed a limb off enough to where it could still potentially remain sentient, but this is no longer an issue. Uh, Just to err on the side Jade. of caution, I'm going to throw a dagger. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like that arm. Go ahead. Uh, well, disadvantage did me in. That's only a twelve. That unfortunately does not hit. So you just sort of clatters to the ground. Uh, Jade? So, what am I looking at here? Uh, purple thing appears to be dead, though it is a zombie and you know what those things do. The Minotaur has broken through Sanctuary, so will attack you next round, and it is not looking very hot. And because it broke Sanctuary, you're pretty much clear to attack it if you want. You also, just as a DM reminder, have Lay on Hands, I believe. I do. It takes an action, so I'm going to do that after the... Because uh, I have to choose to either do that or attack. So with a 15 mm. to hit for 9 damage, if you've ever diced an onion, that's what's going on here. I don't <laughs> like how they keep coming back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry, and that was how much damage did you say? 9. To both the Minotaur okay, and, that- and the Purple. Yeah, first the Minotaur Uh, until it stops moving, and then the Minotaur and the purple when they're both not moving. I'm just going to keep dicing. Nine. (laughs) Yes, uh, that is enough to cleave, and because of your particular strategy, uh, when this zombie uh, 
comes to life the next round, you are already mid-chop and just take its one hit point back down to zero. <laughs> Thanks. Let's go, Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, you're breathing heavy. Like, finally, the din of battle has subsided. You're looking at these, like, regular zombies, this weird other kind of zombie... And, like, the floor is scattered like a barbecue joint at the end of the night with cow bones. <laughs> uh, what would you all like to do? Combat has been resolved. Yay. <laughs> Woo! Jade's going around to corpses and double tapping, you guys. You're going to have to interrupt her because she's <laughs> got a mission. <laughs> don't, don't forget the arm. I don't trust it. <laughs> I split it down between the radius and the ulna. Good call. Nice. I would have just severed it at the wrist, but you do you, girl. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, please please get the daggers back. I do it myself, but I don't trust the other room just yet. Yeah, I'm retrieving daggers. Oh, gosh, my son. Okay, I, after I'm done double tapping, like, I... I. Yeah, g- go to him. I'll keep a lookout. I'll let you know if I'm in danger. Yeah. <sighs> Oh, well, I'm not going to heal myself before seeing if my son is alive, so, like, I guess I run... Uh, okay, question. Are there any sounds... Claudio's gone. Sinclair's up on the ceiling safe. Are there any sounds coming further from the animation or the Memento Mori rooms? No. No more sounds from either room. Okay, so then I'm not sure if Claudio's alive or dead. Sinclair, you seem pretty safe on that ceiling. I'm going to dash into the orrery... To check on Claudio, uh, cool. who I'm sure is not traumatized. <laughs> you arrive at roughly the same time that Claudio makes it up. Uh, you see first Zephyr comes through the hatch, and then Claudio after. She, like, you know, like, runs, like, over to um, Sasha, who was uh, just, like, has, like, as you walk in, you see he's got all the kids together, and is, like was in the middle of telling them a story to distract them. And uh, sees Sasha and... Or, sorry, uh, Sasha sees Zephyr and is like, What happened? Where's Glorbo? And she just heaves sobs into his chest. And he, like, looks over, sees you, and he's like, Mom, is, is everything okay? Is anyone injured? My hands are glowing. <laughs> uh, no, no, there, I mean... Like, the Ori turned on, it was kind of crazy, but I just, I, I found the power switch and turned it off. That is strange. Claudio? Claudio? You're not going to see that goblin child again, because, well, he was not a goblin. He was some other thing, and he ran into some weird circle, and he was really, really creepy. Let me tell you, I, I think she'll tell you more about it later, but also, uh, give me the ball bearings, please. she has like she's doing the thing where you kind of hold your shirt up like a little basket and just sort of like Like pours them out into your hands yeah she has like one hand on that like one hand's heaving into Sasha's shoulder okay I I dashed back Uh, out to Sinclair he's stuck on the ceiling still um and he doesn't look injured right he didn't Sinclair did you get injured no no I'm, I'm totally fine up here All's, all's fine up here in the ceiling. You should come up here. It's great. <laughs> I, like, I, I want you to regroup with us, but I also think you're very safe there. So I like that. <laughs> uh, Malachi, do us all a favor because we're all, frankly, scared kittens at the moment. Check out the animation room. 
Oh gosh. And 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 please be careful. So yeah. you see that there is indeed like a couple of downed guards, none of them with like lethal looking wounds, but they like they see like a bird come in, you see like a little bit of movement in them, and as soon as like the bird comes in, you see animated swords come to life. Uh, like a carpet like rolls itself up and sort of lunges trying to grab at it and your raven just goes in and makes a quick u-turn and flies back out like noticing over its shoulder that like the animated objects when like nothing is moving near them also do not move so like there's injured guards in there and they're just like i'm just gonna play dead until someone comes to save me oh <laughs> well, this is giving me very much uh vibes of that one Love Death Robot short from the new season. <laughs> well, uh, as this is all sort of transpiring and everyone's meeting back up in uh, the uh, petrification in Red Room, you hear the sounds of footsteps bursting through the entrance of the museum, and Ernst Lee, the director of museum security, uh, comes busting in with the town guard clearly in his street clothes because he was off for the night uh, <laughs> and is like what is going on here oh more kittens <laughs> <laughs> like, noticing your guild tattoo and general like walking in while the whole museum's destroyed in a pile of zombie minced meat just like uh, uh, we don't this was not our fault you're welcome <laughs> Another more formal-looking guy comes in and actually is like, Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, it looks like you've been through a lot here. Here's season tickets to the museum. Starts basically <laughs> handing out free stuff to everybody who is, like, injured and scared. Yeah, come back. Come back again. I know you love it here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no one's traumatized. Everything's fine. Um, Ernst goes over with the guards and just slowly, methodically takes care of the animation room. Oh, yeah, me too. uh, I've got ten ten individual heels uh, of a point each to make sure nobody, like, croaks it. Um, So I'm just gonna... One point for you, one point for you. You were unconscious, can touch you. No, no, this point isn't doing anything. You were dead. Okay, next person. (laughs) One point for you. Uh, Just walking around doing a touch each per head. Unless it's severed. Uh, does, <laughs> uh, does anyone have anything else they'd like to do while uh, uh, Jade is uh, attending to the wounded and beating up animated suits of armor? I would like to talk to the museum director and ask, who on earth was it in charge of vetting the performers here this evening? Oh, uh... I believe we used an outside consultant for a, a talent agency. I, I only met the fellow once, and he left a very good impression. I, I thought he trustworthy enough. You know, we had other people here directing the event. Uh, we we assured it was in good hands with him, or were assured at least. Clearly, we know how that well how well that worked. Were you aware that he is in fact a uh, well, I don't know the best way to say this, so I'll just say it. An extra planar, dull, insect-looking thing. That's utterly terrifying <laughs> if it takes off its meat suit. And orchestrated the whole thing about tonight's events and invited extra planar, devilish, and demonic entities for a business meeting. I did not know that, no. 
Okay. Well, now you do, and knowing's half the battle. <laughs> well, I assure you, I will not be using him again. I would hope not. <laughs> Thank you for your patronage. <laughs> season tickets. <laughs> <laughs> season tickets, season tickets. Here you can have one drink coupon. <laughs> I feel like I earned two. Because not only did I take care of your zombie problem, you know, I told you about the dangers of going with this unknown talent agency. All right. Uh, here you go. Don't go telling everyone I did this. Uh, oh, you want you silence, too? That costs on. even more vouchers. Oh, you're bleeding me dry here, man. You're bleeding me dry. <laughs> <laughs> he gives you four drink tickets to keep you quiet. And then quickly shuffles away. Uh, Claudia, well, that's going any, on. any moves for you, man? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. While that's going on, I'm over there with the kids while um, while Sasha and, and Zephyr are kind of, you know, having a heart-to-heart or whatever. I'm, t- I'm, I'm pointing the kids, pick one kid, and say, okay, pick a dagger. And I'm just <laughs> doing the same routine with the kids all over again. It goes for about 45 seconds before Sasha is like, what, what are you doing? No, put those away. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but it was a very bright spot, 45 seconds in these kids' day, that was ultimately very scary. Um, that it was, was cool goal. to see the Catman juggle knives. <laughs> and as you guys come together, sort of, in the uh, petrification in Red Room, Jade, you know, you, like, just sort of are walking in, pretty tired, pretty bloody, you know, you've got blood on your hands, and you just sort of absentmindedly brush against uh, petrification in red again. Oh, no, 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 no. I, I brush myself right away. <laughs> right, right, right off. I brush into it, but I'm I'm unhappy about it. <laughs> <laughs> what a long day. She just leans on it. <laughs> yeah. Oof. Literally. Uh, the blood seeps from your hand and into this red porous stone. It quivers. DM, I have two hit points. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> okay. And it turns from this hard, hard stone to almost like a clay-like material and clawing its way like a man going through a mud-filled swamp. This feral human clutching a dagger in his hand steps forward. Out next to him, this lithe young woman comes out next, both naked, slicked in mud. They mutter something in a language you do not understand. Sinclair! He lets out a <laughs> massive bell. Oh, yeah, do you want to use comprehend languages? Sinclair, you said you spoke the tongues. <laughs> Sinclair! <laughs> I, I do, after I take a, a bit of a rest. Oh, yeah. Yes. Okay. Keep them around for an hour or so. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> uh... It, like, looks around wildly, says something in the language again much louder, lets out a bellowing, (coughs) like, snarling beast growl, rushes to the wall of the museum with his dagger, slashes up, cutting it fully open with the stone exploding outward, 
The girl lets out a ear-piercing shriek that brings everyone in the room to their knees. No damage. And they run off into the night <laughs> naked, slicked in mud. Uh-oh. Uh... Were we all in the room for this, or just, oh, yeah. uh... Oh, yeah. Yes. Just it was a real, like, oh, everything's finally over. <laughs> 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 Jade, are you all right? Uh, so now we know it was not petrified. It was in jail. And I let it out. Um, uh, I'm okay. You guys? <laughs> I'm great. <laughs> Thank you, Tony the Tiger. All right. That's a night. That's a wrap. We're good. It's- yep, I'm yeah. fantastic. <laughs> I, I have retrieved both daggers. And... You know how you said you needed to learn how to earn free drinks? We have four vouchers now. <laughs> this is how you earn free drinks. It's a little more roundabout than usual. <laughs> and with that, drink vouchers in hand, the open night air breezing through this destroyed museum wall into the carnage of zombie blood and machine parts, we were brought this week... By these following fire-breathing kittens. Sinclair. Ah, uh, nothing like a jissop on the rocks to end a day's work. Claudio. Pick a dagger. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, our darling Jade. It's my fault, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. Bye. Bye, Bye. everyone. Listen to the Around Comics podcast every week for the not-so-latest news in comics culture. In fact, we don't usually have any news. Heck, we might talk about a comic that came out 25 years ago if it strikes our fancy. Even we don't know until we sit down. That's what happens when three friends get talking about everything from Marvel to DC, indie comics, TV, movies, and beyond. Come hang out with Sal, Chris, and Tom at AroundComics.com. And just relax for once, nerd. Search for Around Comics wherever you listen to podcasts. What's up, everybody? It's Mick Manhattan, creator of TheScenesnobs.com and one of the hosts of The Scene Snobs podcast. We are a show that specializes in the absurd. We talk about the craziest of topics that revolve around the things that we love, like movies, television, pop culture, geek-oriented. It's so much fun. Whenever you join us, our first goal is to entertain. So always stop by, join in the conversation in the comments as we do our live show, or listen to us anytime after. But you are always going to have a great time. The Madman, my co-host, joins in. Perfect voiceovers. Everything else in between. We have guests, celebrity interviews, the whole nine yards. You will always have a good time at the Scene Snobs, so head over to thescenesnobs.com and start listening now. Take care. Are you at a particular point in your life that you want to move on from, but you can't seem to get anywhere? Are you stuck? But what if it's easier to move on than you think it is? That's where I come in. My name is Dustin Gruss. I'm a certified personal trainer and life coach, as well as the host of Coming Unstuck, a Step Up to Greatness podcast. Whether it's my stories, tricks, hacks, or stories from others, we'll help you come unstuck and you can keep moving forward and step up to greatness.
If you're a fan of movies that are true stories, I've got a new podcast recommendation for you. It's called Based on a True Story, and it is the podcast that compares Hollywood with history. You'll learn from historians, authors, TV and film consultants, and sometimes even the real people the movies are based on as they separate fact from fiction in your favorite movies. Hear how much of the gangster movie Donnie Brasco happened from the real Donnie Brasco himself. Listen to the real history behind Downton Abbey from Lady Carnarvon. Laugh along with the real guys that the comedy movie Tag was based on. Get some extra stories from the production set from the historical consultant on the movie The Alamo. Those are just a few examples. So when you're ready to learn how much of your favorite movie really happened, subscribe to Based on a True Story in your podcast app of choice or find it at basedonatruestorypodcast.com. Once again, that's basedonatruestorypodcast.com. Podcast.com.